welcome back to Gab with Gwen, your favorite podcast. This is your girl Gwen, and I have the MVP, Miss Slim, in the building, social distancing. Hello, everyone. Hello. Okay, we're not in the building, guys. We do this all remotely. Okay. So today, for you guys to know, it is Friday, September 4th. This is Beyonce's birthday. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Yes, it is. Oh, so, okay. Uh, shout out to her. You know, I'm not the biggest Beyonce fan, but I'm going to give her a little birthday shout. Girl, and... are you trying to piss off piss off the whole beef hive right now? Why? I just gave her a birthday shout. <laughs> I gave her a birthday shout. Oh, my God. <laughs> and don't y'all dare come at me. Don't you dare come at me. I just celebrate her. Okay. So today's topic is I asked Slim to join for a somewhat emergency mm-hmm. for the moment to talk about black fishing, which is. <laughs> I've never heard that term. I like it though. I mean, it's adjacent to catfishing. And if you guys are all familiar with the TV show Catfish, where people pretend to be another person online, and black fishing is. You can actually Urban Dictionary it or Google it. Is basically is usually women uh, who are white, artificially tan and put on makeup to try to look different to appear to have some type of black African ancestry. Okay, and so it's usually you know a white person is trying to look ethnic, if you will, and mm-hmm. so some people consider it to be the equivalent of modern day blackface because basically you're capitalizing off the looks historically oppressed people and you're coming from a more privileged background. And so a lot of times, if you guys remember the Catch Me Outside girl, there was mm-hmm. a few years ago, uh, she was, I think she was Dr. Phil. Very yeah, rude little bad Barbie. Bad baby, I think. Yeah, bad baby. And... and Completely she, incoherent. And now, if you actually see pictures of her now, she went from a little bad little white child to looking like a little mixed race or ethnically ambiguous child. So you look, she'll, she'll, she starts to have like a little bit of a tan, the lip fillers, you know, the hair, and then she has her black scent and all this stuff. And the Kardashians are well known for people, what people consider to do be black fishing. Yeah. So... All of this topic has been spearheaded by black Twitter going off the rails over the last couple of days because of a woman named Jessica Krug, a.k.a. Jessica La Bombera, Jessica La Bombalera, something like that, mm. who <laughs> wrote... <laughs> well, you, you know, it just sounds it's like the last line sounds like something Ricky Ricardo would say in I Love Lucy. <laughs> Wait, what did you say? Bambela! Stop it, it's loud, it's so loud. (laughs) You know, 2020 is just... I mean, basically she's Rachel Dolezal 2.0, right? Rachel Dolezal 2020 version, who is a white professor who has been pretending to be black her whole professional career. And she wrote an article on the medium.com 
revealing that she's white and basically canceling herself. So she says she grew up in, you know, it's a white Jewish child in suburban Kansas City, Missouri. And she wrote this whole article canceling herself. What made her come forward? Because people started, people were noticing. People actually apparently have been noticing for a long time and no one was listening to the black women who were noticing. And so finally, uh, some black Latinas, some Afro Latinas were like, nah, nah, fam, this isn't it. And they went um, and they did some research and then it came out that she used Jessica Krug, who's white, and then they were about to out her. Ah, uh, so okay, okay. She, she went ahead and did it herself. So this is not, a, let's be clear. This yeah. is not because, oh, she had a guilty conscience and she felt like I need to do the right thing. It was because she was about to get canceled and dragged. So right. she, uh, she wanted to get ahead of the story. I just want to, I, I read the article you sent me on CNN and I just think white people are easily confused because I want to, I want to read this. A junior at George Washington studying international affairs says she took an introductory history class with Krug in spring 2019. At the time, Krug was one of her favorite professors. Gorea said she seemed like an energetic woman of color being unapologetic about who she was coming to class in heels, huge hoop earrings, and even leopard print. So I'm like, that made you assume she's a black woman? So this is my thing. So she pretended to be Afro-Latina, but apparently she couldn't keep her lies up. So sometimes she was saying she was Dominican. Sometimes she was saying she was Puerto Rican. She, and her mom is black. She was a product of rape of a white man. Her, oh, black, gosh. She, her mom was a crackhead. She was saying all types of stuff, apparently. And this is also why people are like, wait, this isn't legit. And apparently she was very critical of different black scholars and women and she was very confrontational and awful to them but to your Mm. point i want to talk about this over exaggerated minstrel show halloween costume she put on right 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 and somehow y'all were convinced Right. right right now I've already, for you guys who follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Gab with Gwen, I've already posted picture a picture of her. I put a posted, uh, I made a post with a picture of her and Rachel Dolezal, mm-hmm. and basically my comment has been like, "Y'all letting white women with wide noses fool you," and <laughs> this is stupid. <laughs> like a wide nose and hoop earrings does not a black person make. Like that's it. That's it. That's that's the checkoff box to be black. <laughs> this, this, that's what I'm saying. Like the the fruit is so low hanging. I know. Where I know. That's it. But but I think there are a lot of different issues though, and I, a few angles I wanted to take this conversation because I think it unveils a few things. I think the one drop rule comes into question in certain perspectives here. Mm. Because per the one drop rule, someone who looks like her could be black. Right. Right. Um, like a Mariah Carey considers yeah. herself to be black. Um, although Mariah has receipts, if you look at her father, he's clearly a black man. So. Well, what I saw problematic, because I went back and I watched a lot of um, old interviews with Rachel Dolezal, and she was saying, well, we all come from Africa. 
So therefore, we all have the one drop or something of that nature. And I was, oh, goodness gracious. Well, this is gymnastics people try to do to justify their lies, right? Right. So I think, you know, the one drop rule comes into question. I want to talk about that a little bit more. And then colorism is Mm. also a big part of this. Because if you look at the trend with her, with Jessica Krug, La Bombera, Bombelera, (laughs) whatever, and (laughs) fucking stupid ass, (laughs) Rachel Dolezal and Sean King. I don't like when I put Sean King here, but I'm waiting for Sean King to, for him to reveal too. (laughs) Listen, I'm waiting. And and I've actually, there's a, I've I've mentioned him. I haven't released episodes, the old episode that I haven't released yet. Cause I, you guys, I'm busy. And it's with (laughs) Ismael and my sister. And I'm going, I'm going to do it because it's really long. I need to really edit it, but we talk about him because he went to Morehouse and Ismael did too. So we actually talk about him, but his nickname on Social media is talcum X, okay? Like talcum powder, talcum X, because his ethnicity has come into question. And for me, he has an easy way of disclosing like, okay, you grew up with a white family and a white father, you're saying that your mother cheated on your father with a black man, Mm -hmm. but it's not on any documentation you don't know the black family i'm like so this is just just, you're just hearing that right because i want everyone to know you can cheat on somebody with a black person and not get pregnant that could still be your white child like you could still be sleeping with your Mm -hmm. husband and have sex with someone and that doesn't necessarily mean that's that child and then secondly because it really comes into question i would really think of all people to do some type of ancestry or 23 and me it's him do the 23 and me Connect with your black family and bring your black receipts. Okay. Well, wait, but see, like I, I, I was watching videos of this and is that kind of like asking, um, like Obama and Kamala Harris to show their birth certificate? No, we already know they were born here. It's not in question. None of it is question. We, they have their birth certificates. We know that they're American. No one is questioning that there's nothing that is just... But do we a have the right play. to question? Like, is it wrong? Well, it's wrong to question them. Should it be wrong to also question Sean King? Well, Sean King is also being questioned because people think he's a grifter and he's been stealing a lot of money. Okay. So if you're a grifter like Jessica Krug and Rachel Dolezal and you've been accrued to this and then come, this is, this is like asking Trump for his tax returns. Look. Why are you not showing your tax returns? Yeah, but I, I think the truth will bring it to light. The truth has got to, the truth with the, the money trail will bring it to light. Not, not, not some DNA, DNA test. You can't force somebody to take a DNA test. You can't, you can't, you, you absolutely, you cannot force someone to take a DNA test, but you're sus. And look, no one forced Jessica La Bombera and no <laughs> one forced Rachel Dolezal and they've been doing this fucked up Mitchell show forever. So, so then what is it? Right. Because this also comes into a little bit of colorism because this comes into colorism a lot, because what's interesting to me is that these people have also risen to kind of the high ranks and to be the voice of the black community. So how is it? And we need to also think about us within the black community. How color struck are we that basically white passing people are the ones who are rising to the forefront? And I want to be clear because. There's a difference between being light-skinned, a light-bright, 
and being white passing. Those are two different right. things, right? right? There, you can have fair skin and be clearly of African descent by, you know, your caramel skin, the curls in your hair, blah, blah. But you have these people who are white passing, who are insisting that they're black with no black receipts. And I think in this context of where we're seeing people playing the land of make-believe with blackness, we can't ask for receipts. I mean, it just seemed like the only thing to do at this point. I I don't know. Because, like, the NAACP was really, really, like, when it started, it had a lot of passing black people in it. So I don't know if people have just been conditioned to that's who's going to pick up the cause. Well, that's how it was at the time, because if we look at the just the history, it's the history, and I can say in America and Jamaica, after you have the abolishment of slavery, you know, no one just says, okay, well, now black people go be free and upwardly mobile and now compete with me in society. You still have to create barriers, right, Mm -hmm. to keep Mm -hmm. to maintain the societal structure. And Mm -hmm. one of the barriers that to keep the societal structure is that, okay, some of the slave owners, they now, you know, they through whatever you misogynation, rape, whatever it is, have children who are biracial and then they pass down some of, you know, their property, things like that. Yes. And yes. then you start to have people who are mixed race or, you know, being able to have more privilege. Right. right. And right. then those mixed race people to maintain their privilege, honestly, because you don't want to get treated like the dark skinned cousins. You continue to marry and you continue to maintain your mixed race community and you have lighter skinned folks who now are getting access to resources, access to education that darker skinned people will not. Mm-hmm. And that is where you then see like the first folks who were really getting educated, having the college education, university education, who are establishing these communities. You see Louisiana, Creole, all the stuff. Hey, hey, hey. It's people who are of this, you know, mixed race heritage. Right, right. And so... Because let's not forget, Homer Plessy people was an octoroon. Yeah, right. And you have octoroons, right? Which is, you know, one-eighth black folks, Mm -hmm. you know? A lot of you Puerto Ricans, see, I just want to say that, <laughs> <laughs> right? But from the one drop rule, that's black in America and in, in the English speaking. Actually, I should say that not just in America in the basically in the English speaking, like people from the British former colonies, including America. And then that doesn't really happen in the, like the Spanish colonies and Portuguese colonies. And that's not the same. They right. don't look at it the same way. Right. So you have doctorunes, et cetera, who are being blocked. You know, I know there's been debates like Holly Berry, who is biracial, has had her two children with white men. And she said she's raising her children as black. And people feel like, well, hold up. How are you? How are your kids? Well, no, I said, wait, after when I said one eighth, it's a quarter. Um, no, it's one eighth. Well, they're um, they're quadrants. Quadrants. Yeah. Quadrants. Yeah. One quarter. Octoroon is one eighth. One eighth, yep. And so they're like, okay, so her quadroons are we are going to be racist black. Some people f- take issue with that. For me, it's cultural. Like to me, it's, See, to me, I, it's, I it's think cultural. that's ridiculous. Well, what's ridiculous? Her or people? But, have no, like issue? that. People are like, oh, they're they're a quarter. So that how can you call them black? Because somebody from like, let's say the French colonized part of the South. With maybe some French Creole roots, like, you're black. Give me a break. 
if yeah, you're a quarter it's your or an culture, Because it's, right. it's the culture, right? Right. And I think people don't realize that, right? So, and people get very literal. Like, yeah, but okay. you know, you know, if Holly Berry is like, I'm going to raise my children as white because their dad is white. People would be up in arms about that. That's true. That's true. I mean, you, you're never going to satisfy anyone. Mm -mm. That's, that's absolutely true. So... I understand. I can hear the like, well, why are you asking for receipts? But then what do we do? So let's talk about what do we do? Because you have people playing the, the land of make-believes, minstrel shows, trying to be pretend black and then ascending to positions of power, I, taking scholarships taking, yes. and speaking on behalf of black people about their fake black experience right. they made up in their head. Right. I, I, it wasn't just like, you know, I'm down with the culture. Like they took the baton and ran with it and reaped the rewards from it. Mm -hmm. That's the problem. So then what do you do? Because Rachel Dolezal was not an isolated incident. So I'm going to tell you guys, there are more people running around doing this. Okay. These are not two isolated incidences. I still believe Sean King is probably doing the same thing. And I, other people let's are probably doing it as well. So I think it breaks the question a few things. I think if I were a white person and I were racist, I would be like, well, she being black can't be that bad because we got people trying to pretend to be black. If we're so racist, then why do we got to pretend to be black if y'all had it so bad? <laughs> um, yeah, but they didn't help the culture. They helped themselves. Because like, if, if Sean King is passing for black, he's doing, and he is not black, he's doing more harm for Black Lives Matter. Well, he like, got a hold to the, he has to, he has to, he got to dig into the lie. Rachel Dolezal, it wasn't, her parents outed her. Her parents were like, yo, we're her parents, she's white. Here's a picture of her, this blonde little child, right? So, and she yeah, did you know, a lot I was watching some interviews people. with her. Yeah, I think she has some childhood things. So she might have like some body dysmorphia going on or just some mental mental issues. I don't know. But listen, technically she's done a lot of great things for the community. But she did it under false pretenses and she's a, a grifter and she's a liar. Can't, I just don't understand like when these women want to pass for black, why do they gotta do the, the hairdos? Well, okay, it's black, come on. <laughs> I'm black? I was looking at some of them hairdos. I was like, I'm black. But you don't have to prove to people that you're black. Like, right, you're, you're right, light skinned, but right. no one's gonna be like, are you, like, you, you, don't, you don't have to go the extra mile. This is why this one is, you know, trying to show up like West Side Story and leopard print and, you know, big <laughs> air. It's just so fucking stupid. Like, it's it's offensive to black women. It's offensive right. to Can Latinas, I which is not mutually exclusive. It's it's offensive, you know, putting on this stereotype, show. this menstrual show. Well, I think, I, think, I think our spidey senses just needs to get stronger because if somebody's putting on that big of a show... Well, they said that people people were black women had questioned her many times. And I'm seeing a lot of people on Twitter being like, yo, no, I tried to check her, blah, blah, blah. But I don't know. I, well, see, the, but see, this is the problem. Black people tried to check her, but nobody listens to the black people. Facts. Yeah. You know, yeah. and then the white people feel comfortable because she's white passing. So like, oh, she's, you know, she, just aesthetically. Yeah, she can she can what navigate through both worlds because I'm sure she can change that dialect real quick when she needs to get that grant. Correct. 
correct right and the, you know her fake accent she put on right. and which was offensive she put on a she said she was from the bronx and she's from the midwest as a native new yorker i'm personally offended but i, I heard that that accent was horrible i, I was know. like i can't place it and i want to read this other quote she would also use a lot of spanish in her speech for example rather than saying plantains she would also say plantanos like you huh, hello Y'all fell for that. <laughs> the lo- <laughs> but I think we need to look at ourselves <laughs> as to, and listen, I'm oh, going to be God. careful. There are people who are legitimately black, legitimately identify as black, who may be biracial or a quadroon or an octoroon, which are, I know those aren't great words, but right, I, there's right. no like new words for those so i don't know what to say you guys mixed race but i'm I'm trying to also get down to the level of blackness right so right forgive me for using outdated words but i just i'm just trying to get down to like the those 19th century words the the percentages if you will (laughs) um it, it really there are people who legitimately have who may be white passing who do have black culture or like black roots and who are connected to their black identity. Yes. Who may be feeling some type of way right now <laughs> because you're going to feel like black people are trying to put pressure on you to prove yourself. But I, I, I don't have a solution for that. I don't. Yeah. Because well, this just, is hard because this is really hard. My older sister, she can pass for white. Okay. She's a professor and she teaches... She teaches like, uh, I would say 19th century literature. So she covers a lot of slavery, a lot of slave narratives. We need her out here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I should call her up. Girl. And, but she, she doesn't, she doesn't try to be that hard to be, she doesn't try to be black. I mean, she doesn't try to be black. She doesn't try to be white. She's just Kim. Yeah. But, um, that comes from having security in yourself mm-hmm. because she knows that she's black. Right. Like, I don't have to prove my blackness. Right. It and I'm sure you this... feel the same way. Yeah, I don't have to. You know, it, it doesn't. Yeah. There's no need to. Right. Because it's right. just showing up. And you know, truth be told, there are people who are who maybe identify as black, don't identify as black, who are white passing, who don't, who don't go the extra mile to say a bunch of stuff. They really don't, because they also recognize that they have a privilege in that. Mm-hmm. And. They're just, you know, existing, and when white people say some wild shit, they'll check them, you know what I mean? But they're not going crazy and putting on any minstrel show. And the leopard on, print and the hoops. You know, a fake Bronx accent, a fake Latino accent, a fake Black accent to try to overcompensate. Yeah. A lot of them are not doing that because you're securing yourself and you know who you are. Yeah. That was not a New York accent. It was not. Just so offensive. So yeah. offensive. And you guys fell for this? Yeah. I mean, I like know you she fell was for the platinos. Like, oh, she, she doesn't speak fluent Spanish, but she knows all the food in Spanish. Like, come on. I mean, and I mean, it was like a Saturday Night Live bad skit. I was like, this is stupid. Well, I, I think white people need to question their stereotypes of black people. But this is but this is deeper. She's writing about Afro Latino, African Caribbean, like West Indian history. She's writing about the slave trade, all this stuff. Like she's writing stuff about stuff and supposed to be a scholar and things that right. white people don't typically know, you know. And so they're like, 
great. Look at Jessica. This is great. You know, not even not even thinking about it. And technically through the one drop rule, she could be. So and and they weren't listening to the black people who were saying, yeah, something's right. up with her. Well, our black people just don't like it's like how many how many black people have to be shot before you hear us? Well, some of y'all were fooled, though, and I'm sad, you know, I'm anyone who's fooled, well, I'm worried about you. I What I found concerning was that she's, she was Jewish. She grew up Jewish. Jewish people have a rich heritage, rich in literature, music, culture. Why didn't she try to, why didn't she try to research that? What didn't she find engaging about her own culture? Well, I think this, so part of this, though, comes on to me, what I took from this is that a lot of white people, just in general, y'all can't help but want to out-black us and take over. Mm, you can't, you can't help true. but want to always take over. You always want to be like Puffy, all up in the video, all up, you're right. not the rapper, you're not Biggie, why are you in the video? Right, right, right. It's not you, but you can't help yourself. You want to be all up on the mix. Christopher Columbus, I discovered, you know, <laughs> you, what you didn't discover, you can't discover something that exists. There are already people here. You didn't discover no. shit. I, you know, I think white people in general like oh, okay. to be got it, got it. in control and you don't even realize it. Like your sense of entitlement and privilege mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. runs how you navigate this world and see it. So now... She, who actually does come from a group that has a history where she could lean into and, right. you know, and has a rich history. They were and, slaves, too. And has her own oppression and her own stuff. Right, right. I, let me up you one. Let me up the ante here. And I'm going to put on. I mean, that's that's just ridiculous. Like, it, it, But it, it is a pathology that we see often. Like, It's like, no, I need to outdo you. And I'm going to say yeah. something controversial, which y'all not going to like. It's a hip-hop reference, actually. You, a lot of people are like, Eminem is the greatest rapper of all time. No, he's not. <laughs> you know, Eight Miles is a great movie. No, he's not. You guys love a movie because a white boy is trying to out-black everybody? This is stupid. He, he's not. He's literally not the best. I'll tell you, there's a podcast which I, I love, who I'm inspired by, uh, the Bodega Boys, and mm. they make fun of him all the time and I always laugh and I was like you know guess, guess who's up in the 313 you know his little weird cadence and his right, weird right, like right. and you know and there's and he's so popular and people are like oh he's the no no he's not well, he's white I, and you guys love to see a white person out black somebody you want well, you love to see yourselves outdo black people in our own thing it's such a right. weird pathology it's so weird well it's weird because I feel like this all lives matter stuff. I feel like white people want to be the victims. Well, yeah, that's why you have them like this 17 year old kid running around in, you know, Wisconsin, like they want to be the victim. They want to have a, they want to have like a cause to fight for. They missed out on the civil war. So they got to have a cause, you know, and I'm just, I, I'm like, just, just accept your privilege and work with it. It is a place of always wanting to be right, always want to be in the center, always want to be at the forefront. It's a pathology of entitlement. Like this is just, you know, blackface Karen, right? Right, right. That's all Ooh. it is. Like you just blackface Karen. That's Ooh, this should be the title of the episode, girl. I like that. <laughs> true, the true. It's blackface Karen. It's just you want to always take over. Yeah. And you and like it doesn't matter what context 
it is, what context. So if it's the best of the best, like the most depressed, or you, if, if you're not at the They center, want the title. They yeah. want the title. You want yeah. the title no matter what that title is. Yeah. They so. want their, they want to be the victim, but they also want their privilege. Yeah. Well, you have the privilege of wanting to be, privilege of wanting to have the title in any case by any means necessary. Right. It doesn't matter what it is. You have to have it. You have to have the last word. You have to have the last right. thing. You always want it. You always want to outdo everybody else, want to take everybody's. Like, I don't know. I don't know if it's a Viking spirit. I don't know what it is. It's just like always wanting to. <laughs> I, I don't know. But it's always wanting to do that. And it's like, what are you doing? Because cause the other argument I've heard is, well, how can we criticize her when black People, you know, black women are out here with, you know, straightening their hair and having blonde hair and weaves. You know, isn't that trying to be white? Well, I mean, that's the only way we can get a job up until basically pretty recently. Well, like we have we have to conform to white to white um, beauty measurements. So, yes, I mean, but I, it's not fair because. That's not the same. It's so you can't make this false equivalency because the truth is that when you see black women straighten their hair, having relaxers or having long weaves and blah, 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 all of this or bleaching their skin, if you want to go to that um, mm-hmm. next level, which is not just black women, is all over the world. The I've world. already talked about that. This is all the legacy of colonialism yeah. and imperialism, yeah. right? This is a legacy of have our backs broken, our spirits broken, where white is right and the white European standard of beauty is the standard globally. Mm-hmm. So that is a really a means of survival and a legacy of that. That's why you see people doing that, right? Yeah. So it's very different than you wanting to be what you think is cool and play Halloween because it's cute, right? It's very different from when we are dealing with the legacy of this trauma. Also, yeah. it has been survival, to be honest. Survival. Mm-hmm. And now her playing dress up with a Halloween, you know, Ronald McDonald wig. Come on. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not, it's not the same. It's just, no, not it's the not, same. The, but, but it goes back to like, they want to be the victim too. You just want to be the top at whatever. It don't matter what right. it is. Well, and, it's just like, I want the attention on me. Like, I'm a victim now. It's not fair that white women are called Karen. Meh. And yeah, there, there have been people <sighs> saying that Karen's worse than the N-word. Right. Right. Okay. okay. All right. Like, I'm, I've never seen a Karen with their knee on the neck, so. Preach. Can you preach? I also want to say that this is different because passing for black people, right? So there are black people who are, have been, again, problematic terms, quadroons, Octoroons or whatever, even biracial, whatever, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter, where people have been able to pass for white. But again, that was a survival technique. Right, right. Right? Like, right. listen, you just had a, you would give up your whole family, your whole identity, because you wanted a better life. You don't want to be treated like black a second people. second-class citizen. Yeah. yeah, you don't want to do that. And you would pray that none of them black genes will pop up in them babies. <laughs> and you would keep up with you. You'd hope you wouldn't get yeah. your genes wouldn't fuck you up, and you would have a good life, right? Yeah. You stay out the sun, and you straighten your hair, and you make sure 
that you just pass in your survival so you can have a good life. That's what that's what it was about. Yeah, they're trying to cross the color line. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's all it was about. And so it was for survival and yes, I know a lot of people have problems with the one drop rule and it, it probably should be revisited. However, let's just be clear that you culturally you can be a person who doesn't necessarily look black but have uh black culture and black family. Right. right. And that's very different than broad nosed Karen's trying to put on a Halloween wig and pretend that they're black for for shits and giggles and then you want to be queen of the blacks on yeah. top of that like that's the fucked up part you're not just living your little fake life and living in a trailer park being a fake black woman <laughs> right you, you gotta be queen of the blacks and you yeah, gotta she didn't be, go to baltimore to live in the projects yeah you gotta be rachel the head the head of the naacp chapter in spokane washington and you gotta be a professor of you know africana studies at gw like you gotta be in the upper echelons of blackness like you gotta take peak blackness when black mm-hmm. people are still struggling and pushing ourselves to get upward social mobility to get to these places. And it's not easy for black people to get PhDs and to actually make careers in academia and to get tenure. That's not easy for black people. Right. That's not easy for black women. And here you are playing, you know, my little pony dress up. I just wonder why she did it. Did she just think it was easier to get the tenure that way? To get the scholarship that way? Was it just monetary means? Because that's so much. I don't think like, so. I think you want, I think you want it. Part of it is like, hmm, these people are not, I know, I want to be a black expert. And people are not going to take me seriously if I'm white. Or I can't speak with authority if I'm white. So isn't it easier just to say I'm black? Because now you have to listen to me. And I can be the queen, you know, the queen of black. Yeah, but that's, that's still, but see, that's white people being white people. Well, yeah, because black people can have all the degrees they want and white people still don't want to listen to them. You, you said a word. That's facts, because the thing about it is that you can be a white person and do all the Africana studies and you can write all those books and people will listen to you from a scholarly, scholarly perspective that you've learned about it and you have an appreciation and you yeah. can do that as a white person. Yeah. But that's not good enough for you. <laughs> but that's not good enough for you. You don't want that, right? Because that's like, okay, well, I'm adjacent, right? It's not a lived experience. Right. And so, although, and, and, and it doesn't diminish it, right? People will, like, look at, I mean, that's not a good, I was going to give an example. That doesn't make any sense. Okay, that doesn't make sense. But there are, okay, this is a weird example, but like, um, Tina Marie Mm-hmm. It's a singer from the 70s. Oh, right? I love Tina Marie. A white woman who's an R&B soul singer who can sing her ass off. Right? Yes. Legion. Very black voice, black sounding voice. Blah, blah. But she never pretended to be black. She always no. was like, I'm a white lady. And black people give her props and black people love me Tina Marie. We love us some Tina Marie. I think we both regret not seeing her live, quite honestly. Facts. Because so, when we go out to karaoke, we always try to find her songs, but can't. Okay. So we, we appreciate and love Tina Marie and <laughs> recognize she's a white woman, but she, she appreciates and does her damn thing. But she had genuine soul. Yeah. She didn't have to fake it. She didn't have to fake it. 
She didn't have to say, oh, you know, my great-great-grandfather, blah, 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 is black. She didn't have to do all that. So it's like, this isn't necessary, but this is you wanting to have control of the narrative. You mm. wanting to be in control of, of black people, to be honest. I want to be the one you look up to. I want to be the head Negro in charge. You want, you always trying to be in fucking charge, yo. Yeah, 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 yep. This is a pathology white people have, and you might be like, oh, y'all being racist. How can we be racist? Look at the world. Look at colonialism. Look at every damn community of color who's been decimated by. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, it's the history. It's a pattern. Where was she teaching? GW, George Washington in D.C. Oh. At a prestigious university. A chocolate city. A chocolate city. (laughs) On top of that. At a prestigious (laughs) university. So, I mean, you you guys, you're like, that's fucked up. Like, it is, Bo, you know, and I'm not saying as a black person. Okay, listen, white people, you think I'm saying this. Go talk to, if you think I'm saying it, if you talk to, like, Asians and you talk to Latinos, we'll all tell you. Y'all do like to do that. Hence, you know, Christopher Columbus discovered America. And I'm not saying y'all all, you know, like, I'm not related to Christopher Columbus. I know that. But this is kind of the evolution of this whole manifest yes. destiny yeah. and yeah. imperialist mindset. It's it's culturally... You have to be heard. I can't tell you how many times I've just been overspoken by white people in the workplace. Yeah. Because my, my words have less value, but they look like some 22-year-old say the same thing, and it's like, oh, genius! Exactly. Yeah. You know, so this is like a tactic, like, mm, yeah, I could be why you know dolezal and do all the stuff for black people but it's not because actually do you recall racial dolezal had actually sued howard for reverse discrimination yeah for reverse discrimination because when she was white at the time because she felt like they were discriminating against her from being white so now i guess she's like well if i can't beat them join them and beat them at their own game so i'm black now but see the arrogance the arrogance i know to do that and then flip the script and not think you're going to get caught later you know, you're gaslighting That's arrogance. black people. Yeah. Like, it's narcissistic, and you're gaslighting mm. black people. It's a narcissistic. Yeah. That's what this is. So when they're like, oh, they have a mental illness. I don't know. This is narcissistic. Now, I want to address one thing. The topic has come up when it was Dolezal and her. You know, and I'm not going to do Sean King because he hasn't revealed himself. But y'all, watch. Give me a year. Give us two years. This topic will come out, and y'all be like, when was right? I told you. Listen. <laughs> but... I'm going to just keep it to the two of them. So the topic has come up when Dolezal came out. And then even with this woman, Krug, you know, Bambolera is <laughs> fucking dumbass. It is transracial. Okay. Oh, Lord. So transracial, there are different. So the question has come up. Well, are they transracial? Can you feel that you're black? Okay, can you can you define transracial for me? Yes. So okay. I do want to talk about transracial because there are kinds of I don't want to say legitimate instances, but basically a transracial person is someone who asserts a racial identity that differs from what they are at birth, right? Now Another way to think about it is that they also often talk about transracial in reference to adoption. So if you Mm. think about, you know, especially China had the one child policy for, you know, up until recently. Right, right. And so there was for a long period of time, 
a lot of white people from America and Europe adopting Chinese children and yeah. they would take them until down. So they found out they were autistic and they would send them back. That was recent. They usually do that with the Eastern European children actually. Okay. But um they would <laughs> the they would adopt these Asian children mm-hmm. and then they would bring them, you know, to America, bring them to Europe and grow them in these entirely white families, communities, and they had no context, no touch with their culture. And Mm -hmm. so then these Asian children and these transracial adoptions often felt like they would identify as white because that's all the culture they knew. Mm -hmm. And technically, to me, that makes sense. To me, that makes sense because there, there is no connection to their culture, right? If you're right. adopted by a white family, this is all you know, then you end up, you know, marrying white people, having, you know, half white kids, and you and you've, you don't know any Asian people, you're not in any community with anyone of color who looks like you, things like that, mm-hmm. then I totally get that concept, mm-hmm. right? Because I think, you know, in the transracial adoption, it really is that, you know, placing the child from one ethnic group with, you know, adopted parents of a different one, right? And so that's transracial. Yeah, but that started at birth or in your in your baby years. We're talking about somebody who magically at 18 went to college and realized they could get more scholarships if they said they were black. So I, I agree that's where the nuance is. I think yeah. that's the difference. So I think that's the difference in the argument here. So for people to say, well, Rachel Dolezal, she did all the stuff for black people. She wants to be black, let her be black, which, uh, you know, I guess. I mean, I think she's still doing stuff for black people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's still doing black hair. She, listen, listen, Rachel was committed, though. I'm going to give her that over this bombolera. She was, Rachel was committed okay because she was she intentionally lost her fucking edges for this (laughs) menstrual show she intentionally put all these heavy protective styles that have that her her hair texture can't support and lost her whole hairline and edges she was committed to this black face but my thing is like if you feel like you are black on the inside why do you need to do the spray tan and the like, why do you need to do the spray tan? Like, I understand if you like the hair, the hairstyles, and you just think the hairstyles are cool, and you want to put that in. But do you really need to do the 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 spray tan? Is it really necessary? Well, it's you know, it's part of the costume, right? It's part of the costume. But see, if it's a costume, I can't take it seriously. I can't take you seriously. Well, to me, well, to me, it's a costume. It's all a costume, right? Because right. You, if you have very straight hair, you don't need to be putting dreadlocks and braids and all this stuff in your hair. And you're not doing it like, you know, Jamaica Beach Vacation with bees and, you know, cornrows. Yeah. You're doing, like, heavy stuff that your hex, your hair texture does not support. You don't have any curl in your hair. You have no curl, curl pattern or anything. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. why are you doing this? Just because... You don't, because you, you're trying to act and present yourself in this right. way, so it's more believable. Right. So then, then it's not, then it's not to me. It's not sincere because I felt like if you feel like you're black in your heart, you don't need to put on the whole costume. Well, you know, are there instances of people who are 
I don't know, light skin or white passing. Now I say light skin because I feel like if you're light skin, you don't have to do it. But I feel like if you're white passing, do you actually, what am I talking about? There's a man, let me example. There's a man, <laughs> there's, mm, I'm, I'm a, there's a man, I'm not going to say how I know this man. There's a man who, to me, he's not white passing, but you know, black people sometimes we be knowing. To me, he's not, <laughs> he's not white passing to me, but he's, you know, very fair skin and, you know, mm-hmm. he's a little bit older, so his hair might be low and or maybe not really long enough for you to see a curl pattern. So he's, you can't get any additional clues, right? Okay. So yes. he, I feel like, speaks with this heavy black scent. <laughs> and I feel like he tries to like soul brother talk a little bit. And I'm going to say this in a professional setting. And I'm confused. I'm like, well, sir, I'm black. And I can't tell you're black, so I don't need this extra stuff. And he, hmm. he I really feel like he over exaggerates and he's black like i'm not questioning his blackness at all but i think he does it so especially i guess for me to know not just me just black people to know and i assume for white people to know so that they don't get too comfortable with him and say some foul shit you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. and so i i think he Mm -hmm. does do that and i've seen a couple of black men especially i haven't really seen it with black women like who are fair skins or white passing but i've seen it with Fair, like very fair-skinned black men and white-passing black men who I do find will put on an extra oomph of blackness so people are aware. And that hmm. could come, that could be tied to, I don't know, masculinity because of how people, I don't know what yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. But I do feel like, I was like, okay, this black man's super heavy guy. For you to be the <laughs> level you are and where you are, and it's fine. And listen, you guys, I recognize I code switch a lot. Like, I, right. you know, I code switch right. a lot, right? Right, um, same here. But it's... Wait, I, so does a black scent come on thicker when he's talking to black people? Like, is he doing a Justin Timberlake kind of thing? Like, when he's talking <laughs> with black people, he gets a little, like, a little bit more soulful. And then when white people, it's very, like, Short and sweet. I I've heard him like maybe once or twice as white people. It's still pretty. Um, I think he's consistent. I think he's consistent. okay. Okay, I'm not consistent. mad at consistency. Um, I think I think it's a little bit more with um black people. A little okay. bit more with black people. But it but it's not with black people in the sense that. You know, sometimes, you know, if you're, you're, you know, you have a little sister girl thing because it's your friend, you know, right. it's, it's not that. It's, it's not that because I'm like, <laughs> Thank we're gosh. not cool like that, by the way. We're not. Like, this man irritates me. So I'm like, <laughs> what, what's going on? But I'm like, what is this extra? What are you doing? Like, I know you're black. You, you, you don't have anything to prove to me, sir. Like, there's nothing that you're going to do to prove to me. I'm not questioning your blackness. This is a little extra and not necessary for this particular environment, but if you insist, <laughs> if you insist. So I do think there are instances where people who maybe feel like their blackness has been questioned right, or right, right. that they may overcompensate and do right. extraness. Like people say, you know, like Drake does it. Ugh. You know, people say Drake does it. Um, you know, I can I just say I don't, I can't stand Drake. <laughs> I just don't know how a Canadian can be hard. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> well, he's not hard. I mean, I... Yeah, I but he, he wants to be hard. But I'm like, you're Canadian. He's not... Listen, there are the mean streets of 
Mississauga, okay? Mm. <laughs> it's around them. The no. mean streets of um, Scarborough. Shout out to the mean streets of, um, there's, what's, Hamilton? There's a part. Listen, listen, Gwen be knowing. Gwen got a lot of Well, Gwen, you're trying to go to Canada, so therefore Canada cannot be hard. Like, come on. Oh, I don't, I, I don't. To me, comparatively, uh, having grown up in Brooklyn, New York, and in the time I grew up and seeing stuff, and even now, no, it's not. But, you know, shout out to y'all up north. You know, like, we got a damn civil war going on down here, and then we got Drake from Canada. Okay. Uh -huh. bless, bless Drake's heart. Bless Drake's heart. You know, HYFR. Hell yeah, fucking right. Okay. So, mm -mm -mm. um, Sorry, digress. So, so some people do, right? The, the over the overboard thing, I do think some people may do to try to overcompensate. I think there was, there's some actress, and I was like, girl, you black. I don't know why you did this. There's one, she's, she's not even that light, but what is, is she named Kim something? It's like an older black lady. Uh, I can't remember. She's like a comedian. And she was like, yeah, you know, I, you know, put on extra black. Scent. She doesn't say black scent, but I'm calling it black scent. She's like, you know, I talk more because people will call me a white girl. I'm like, okay, I think we have to distinguish between. Wait, what actress is this? Kim it's, Fields? It's not Kim Fields. It's, she's a comedian. Oh, um, I, Kim. I think I, I know who you're talking about. Kim Whitley? Yes. Yes. Oh, gosh. She's so loud. Yes. But I saw her say that she feels like she had to be like that because she's light-skinned and people used to call her a white girl and blah, blah, blah. And I think we also need to get real about certain things. So Kim Whitley, no one thinks you're white. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how, where she got that idea. And when black, when black kids are teasing each other, and there's like, they called me white girl and I'm nowhere remotely passable for anything close to being mixed or white. But black children are, children are cruel and black children will right. say things like that, right? And so you well, can't Well, I'm sure you heard, I'm sure you heard growing up, like by the way you talk, like, oh, you trying to be white. Of course. No, I'm speaking the King's English and you should too. It's like, I'm not trying to be white. I'm definitely black. I'm just speaking like where, where we are, which is in the suburbs. So what are you talking about? Right. right you know what I mean, like right. these are. I heard that so many times. Like, oh, you're trying to be. I'm like, it's it's just English. Right. And and for so many reasons. Just you know, I was in a lot of honors classes and just gifted and talented programs and. Well, what's I, fucked up. But yeah, that's this. what I don't like. It's like to be black, you have to put on this minstrel show. That's what they want. But I, no, I'm gonna, but I will say this, which is fucked up and it's another podcast episode itself. So my upbringing was that I grew up in Brooklyn in a predominantly black West Indian area, just very different. And that those kind of comments never happened because... Mm -hmm everyone's black so the smart kids are black everyone's like it, it doesn't this never happened like I, I didn't know anything about this like in Brooklyn I didn't know this for where I grew up right mm -hmm. and 
there was never any conversation about, you know, you're trying to be white because everyone, everyone was black. And so right. the kids who were doing well in school were black. The kids who were doing shitty in school were black, you know, black and Latino, right? That's, that's. Right. But it was really a broad was. range of blackness. Yeah, it's a broad range yeah. of blackness. There was, you know, Afro-Latinos. Um, my parents and I were talking the other day, like I had a Afro-Costa Rican teacher around the corner. And, 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 and so honestly, sometimes when I get confused, not confused, even now in my adulthood where I'm like, when Dominicans you're saying that black because I grew up with black Latinos who knew they were black like mm-hmm. Panamanians Cubans so it, it, it it's weirds me out when I'm like wait what because I know there are Latinos who know they're black so it's it's weird but regardless all that to say like it, it wasn't any of that now I you learned about civil rights you learned about white people oppressing you you knew, you knew all of that but you were in your like black cocoon honestly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so then when I moved to Jersey and like completely opposite environment where it was predominantly white and, you know, Asian. And mm-hmm. then there's like a small amount of black people. The, y'all know y'all had them Indians too. Yes. They, they were, you know, dominant. At the time, not so many, but it grew. And then the black people were on the outskirts of town in the low income housing. I'm going to say that mm-hmm. that's true. They were in the outskirts of town. And, you know, when Trump is talking about the suburban housewives and they don't want this housing, he's talking about where I grew up because they were forced to build low income housing and they mm. put it on the side of the town. And that's where the black people lived, like all mm-hmm. in this, like this one little section. And I didn't live there. So that, mm-hmm. that created a lot of drama, okay? And so in schools, the part I wanted to bring up, what was actually disturbing, and, and it's another podcast episode in itself, is that the black kids were in what we call the Bobo classes, which is, Bobo in Spanish means stupid, by the way. They were in the Bobo classes, which means they were all in, like, the remedial classes, straight okay. up. Mm-hmm. And so... I was, you know, there's regular classes and there was, you know, what we call the Bobo classes, which are kind of the remedial classes. Mm-hmm. And then there's like the advanced and, you know, nerd classes. And I was in all the nerd classes, right? Mm-hmm. And which is with some white people, but mostly Asians, Asians and Jews. That's who it is I'm with. Right. And right. me is the only black person. I think there was one African boy. That was it. And so there was uh, me and the black kids are like, okay, we, we, we're not in the same. We don't live in the same neighborhood. We're not in the same classes. Like we, we, there's like no socialization between us in a lot of ways mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. our lives are completely different. And the only time they knew about like the other neighborhoods was that, you know, cause you go to like the same high school, I mean, the same elementary school, the same, uh, and then kids from like different parts of town start to, interact with each other in junior high school and high school. So when there was a late bus, like after school activities, a late bus would go around the whole town and drop kids off, right? Because your different buses would go to only your neighborhood, right? Right. But when the late bus would be like one bus and it would just drop like everyone around the whole town. So this is now when the black kids, I'm telling you guys, God, this is crazy. I'm talking about some in ages. The black kids would be on the bus and now going through the town, seeing like how the white kids and live and they're like, wow. Mm-hmm. These neighbor, these houses are nice. This is mm-hmm. like it was so weird. And then I'm coming off in that neighborhood, right. and it is like ah, uh, just such this a story, fucked up situation. This makes me sad to hear. Yeah, and but, always on the fringes. Always on the fringes. But what's fucked up is, you know, when these black kids are saying you're acting white, the truth of the matter is that those black kids were not in the same classes 
with the white kids. They were in the remedial classes. So why the fuck were they in the remedial classes? Why? Because these kids grew up in this town before I did. You know, mm-hmm. I wasn't there. Like, they grew up in this whole town. I moved here from Brooklyn, right? I was, you know, took tests. You know, I skipped a grade, all this stuff. These kids grew up in this town before me were here, and they were put on this track that is, you know, not going to set you up for success. So mm-hmm. we need to talk about it. Does it mean that all these black children were stupid? I mean, I, I doubt that. I doubt that. But I'm sure there were some systems of racist. It was a very racist system, by the way, school system. Right. Well, they, so. maybe they just didn't have access to early education. Like, you know, if you're living in lower income housing, can you really pay for a Montessori for a three and four year old? Well, are your parents even emphasizing education? Right. Are they advocating for you in school to say, you know, you need to have this and that? You know, are your parents doing that or are they sort of survival mode? And so you're left to the wayside. Right. Right. So I say all that to say when people are saying that you're acting like, you know, white, there is something to it. Not that you are, but honestly, the way society is segregated, you can be in like in a white. I'm talking about in a white neighborhood. I'm talking about the Northeast. I'm talking about Jersey, you guys, New Jersey. You guys watch Jersey Shore. I was not all the way down there. It was further north. But I'm just saying, like, where you guys think it's progressive and you think it's not the South, all this stuff, where the same stuff is happening. And this is where it's – this is the root of where this comes from, right? So it's not also that, okay, part of it is that, yes, we're all brainwashed from colonialism, stuff like that. But if you think about post-segregation, I'm talking about stuff in the 1990s, you have where the black children are put on the track for failure, honestly. Mm -hmm. And the white children are not. And so when you're speaking a certain way, when you're act, when you're in these social circles with white people, they're like, oh, you're acting white because literally it's the opposite of their experience. Mm-hmm. That's that's the fact because I saw my own eyes and, you know, I look back and it is sad. Yeah. It it's is really sad. heartbreaking to hear. Yeah, it's 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 fucked up. It's fucked up. I was talking to my cousin Jay, who grew up in the same town as me, but he's younger than me, and we talked about some of the parallels of um. A weird, and I know this is going off on a tangent, but the one thing right he and I talked about the other day was his experience was different than mine because I was like, you know, and and, and eventually, so for you guys to be like, oh, well, you always had white friends. I actually didn't. I my friends were growing up were Middle Eastern and like they were just people of color. So they were like Middle mm-hmm. Eastern, they were Indian, they were a Latino. Like it was, it was mixed that right. way. And then my best friend ended up being black who ended up meeting in uh, like junior high school, going to high school. So, and then, you know, who was also uh, not in the Bobo classes. She was in regular classes. And then we were both on the fringes having a similar experience. And it's, you know, he and my cousin who's younger than me, we, you know, several years younger than me, we talked about it and his saving grace of the connecting, because he said it was still like that. His saving grace, though, was that he played sports mm-hmm. and white people love an athlete, a black yep. athlete. Oh, yes, they do. And I'm going to bring him on. To until talk they about kneel, that. until they kneel. Yeah. And, and we're going, I'm going to bring him on to talk about that because we, we've talked a lot about that and that's, that's fucked up. And then we can, we can even talk about how that results in a lot of the black boys only dating white girls and just mm-hmm. a lot of different things that come up from that. Like America's so fucked up, right? America's so fucked up. So all of that to say that, 
you, you know, acting quote unquote white is complicated, right? It's complicated because of honestly the experience of a lot of black people who are literally put on the margins of society. Like we're all on the margins in different ways, right? Mm-hmm. They're on the margins, on the margins of town on this bad track, but I'm marginalized from the black people too, because we're not living in the same neighborhood. We're not living, you know, we're not in the same classes. Right, right. All of these different things. After me coming from a black ass neighborhood, like it was, you know, and my parents, we talked about this. I always say, well, you know, I don't have children. I'm probably not going to have children, but I always say, you know, if I were to, and I've given them this, feedback and then we we talked about it. i said i would never ever take my children to all white neighborhood i would never mm. and i and i know a lot of black people do it and it's not just my parents but a lot of black people do it because you don't know better you know right. this is this is this comes out of segregation integration you're thinking you're doing a good thing for your child getting a better school system but it's like one warfare to the next. So mm-hmm. when I look at Brooklyn and I look at it was listen, it was a lot of fucked up shit happening in Brooklyn. I'm not gonna front. Okay. So who's to say could I been a teen mom? I don't think so, but who's to say? I don't know. Uh I don't think so. Honestly, I don't think so. I don't think so. But there you know, who there a lot of th- who knows what could have happened. I don't know. If I had stayed at the time. Maybe, maybe not. But Going into an all-white space as a child of color is not good. It is emotional warfare. Thankfully, I've always had a strong sense of place. Actually, the, the roots of Brooklyn put in like so yeah. much um, pride so and blackness. Not as conflicted. I wasn't conflicted. Like they yeah. put in a lot of pride of blackness that I didn't have to worry. Like we got there's an episode where an old episode where I like sing the black national anthem with Tiff, but I've known that from, I was like six or seven. You know what I mean? And a lot of black people don't even know it. Like a lot of black mm-hmm. people don't know it, but I learned a, like a lot of black history and a lot of black pride. And so it was actually really a great foundation but, for me. But think about the kids in New Jersey, the black kids probably they never, didn't learn that. No, right. they, they didn't, didn't learn it. that. They didn't learn any of that shit. They didn't know George Washington Carver. They didn't know anything. Right. Yeah. And I thankfully knew that and my parents are very you know proud of their roots and pro-black and all stuff so I never had that like conflict or confusion so you're telling me I act like a white girl I sound like a white girl like I know I'm hella black and people who know me as adult people who knew me in college and stuff were like that is so crazy like you're so black I was like I know so I was like I know but if you grew up in in that lens it's like it becomes very boxed in like oh you're black you're misbehaved you're going in this track and the white people are not and and they keep you on that track right not to be successful right like we we fall into the stereotype that they've set up for us they've created yeah that's what upsets me the most yeah and so it's that is a reality of you know class and a lot of different things in, you know, in society. And look, my parents were working their ass off. Like, we didn't have a lot of money, but my parents were really good at saving. We've talked about this. Like, you're really good at your saving and you're frugal. Da-da. My parents are very good at that. Yes. And so they were able to do that. But we talked about why you wouldn't do that. And they're like, listen, they didn't know any better. They didn't grow up here, period, right? So my parents actually just didn't know. And moving there was a combination of different things of my mom's work had moved, so we had to, we needed to move because it was mm-hmm. too far. Mm. Um, but they really didn't know because they didn't grow up in America. They just didn't have that... They just didn't know, honestly. So that's fair. They just didn't know any better. 
but also a lot of black people, I'm gonna say African Americans do it intentionally. And I'm going to tell you, don't do it. Well, I don't do it. But we're all been conditioned that white is right. I know. Well, you know, white what? is right. We, it's we eventually want to cross the color line. Hmm? It's the blue ribbon schools. It's, yeah. you know, it's all these access and, and you think, okay, it's, this is going to help my child. I'm getting them into the right thing, but it's warfare. You are dealing because you know, forget the black kids are like half the problems. The white people were a fucking nightmare. Oh my God. Well, they were a nightmare. <laughs> well, you know what I notice about like a lot of cultures, like, okay, everybody goes to school, but on the weekends, like the Greek kids have Greek kids. I mean, Greek school, the Asian, the Chinese kids have like Chinese school. They need to have like black school for black kids. So we know our history, know why we should be proud of our history and know about our culture. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. We really yeah. do need that. But that's yeah. the, the Black Panthers did that, you know? Right. And th- But then they got like, you know, then they became like uh, criminalized by the government, the government, because they were they were really doing like positive stuff, not not negative. But I so I think if I have a kid and let's say I do live in the suburbs because I'm in the south, you know, from I'm from the south. So if I go back to the south, I will probably put them in some after school or weekend program so that they know their history and they're just around like a lot of black people. Yeah, for me, I if I had kids, I and I've said I said I would I want a mixed neighborhood. I don't want it all black. I don't want it all white. I actually want it to be mixed. I want my children to be able to know other cultures. There are good things that happened when I was growing up. Like one of my best friends yeah. was Egyptian and one was Indian. And I I remember like I can't remember what movie came out and I used to always go to their house and like they would do prayers. I would sit there. So I started to know the Indian prayers and just, (laughs) you know, just different things, you know, and and a girl was, uh, she was Egyptian. She was Muslim. I used to, you know, learn a lot about her culture and her family. And so I think that was really great. And I think that's why I have a a worldly view. Yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah. I think it helped me because I grew up in a university town, even though it was a small town in the South, it was a university town. Right. So I knew there were there was more than just Jesus out there. Yes. True, 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 true. Yeah. But just know, you know, for me, so I I honestly I know this has gone off the rails, you guys, but I, I do <laughs> think that, you know, as black people, I'm gonna tell you this. If you get I don't care what it is, like how little money if you have a government job, whatever it is, and you think you're you're doing well for your child by moving them out to the burbs and it's it's predominantly white, I don't think it's a good idea. I don't think it's a good idea uh, from my own personal experience. I really think you got to find some communities uh, that are mixed mm-hmm. so that especially the way the world is and globalization and China is honestly the world power. You really need to make so your children have exposure to everyone and right. everything and can navigate different cultures and understand because it's not black and white no. and it's not just American and they really need to be able to see that. But to Slim's point, I do think this is a business idea. Uh, you know, a girl, listen, you guys have Kumon where you're teaching them math and stuff. Right. You do need something that is teaching people about the, you know, to me, the African diaspora, like everything right. you need to know about, you know, African-American history. But we need to know what's going on in Africa. You need to know about yeah. the Caribbean, like all of us, like Brazil. Like our history is more than just slavery. We it's did a lot of awesome stuff. Yeah. You shouldn't have to wait till hidden figures to realize that. Exactly. It shouldn't be a movie. Right. It can't just be slave movies. We need to really know more about our culture and everything. Right. And, 
you know, learn stuff, you know, as an adult, we're still learning, you know, I've had, no, I'm still, I'm still learning. Like I have my civil rights books, everything. Uh, But I think we just have to put the emphasis on that. Like we really, we, we really have to strive to do it. it, You know, it doesn't cost a lot of money. A trip to the library is free. And I'm going to, okay, now listen, I'm going to get canceled for something else I'm about to say. So there are groups like um, Jack and Jill, which is, um, how do I describe Jack? I've never heard of Jack and Jill. Okay. You should, girl. You're from the South. So you're not in the right circles, girl. Jack and Jill is. Wait, I'm gonna um, pull it up on my phone. It's it's um. Jack and Jill. It's it's a black. <laughs> I'm just I'm struggling with the words because I don't want it to be. Wait, what? What if, if I was gonna Google this? What would I put in? Jack and Jill. Jack is. It's, I think it's Jack and Jill.org. It's just a black organization. It's it's an organization where they have. Um, it's for black kids. It's like for black families, from you know, and the kids usually come together. Usually, they're middle class, upper middle class, and I don't know. I feel. Hmm. Wait here, I'm pulling it up. Let me see if I can just read the mission statement so we can get out of you being canceled. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see here. About about us, presidents, welcome. Jack and Jill America is a membership organization of mothers with children ages 2 to 19 dedicated to nurturing future African-American leaders by strengthening children through leadership, development, volunteer service, philanthropic giving, and civic duty. So Jack and Jill, to my understanding, I don't have no kids, okay, but I have friends with kids. Mm -hmm. And it's by invitation only, okay, and... Is it is it arranged by the Kappas? I don't know if it's I don't know about that. I don't know. I'm sure there's Greek people in it, right? Black Greeks. Right. But it's Oh, you know what? That'd be a good topic for us. Like, why aren't we black Greeks? We should talk about that. Yeah, because you don't ever hear me and you go (laughs) (laughs) Now you get us canceled on the (laughs) road. Listen. Okay. I know I have some white listeners. Oh God! Oh shit! Oh, I mean, that's how black me and Gwen are. We didn't even feel the need to to. Salute. Oh my God! <laughs> I, you know, I want to bring Tiff on for this because Tiff went to HBCU and she didn't do it either. So, um, and she. And I'm I... telling you, squeaking and wearing matching dresses just ain't my thing. <laughs> you really gonna try to get me canceled, Jesus? You really trying to get me canceled? <laughs> Oh my God! First of all, the conversation has gone so black. <laughs> it has gone so black. Listen, Bombalera, you don't know what the fuck we're talking about, bitch. No, oh. but she's probably going to squeak tomorrow. <laughs> Lord Jesus, um, the conversation has gone so black. <laughs> you know, Dolazal has left the chat. Um, <sighs> Dolazal can't handle this. <laughs> she actually knows about this. Uh, Jessica Krug probably does it. Uh, so. Lord, oh, Lord. We, just, <laughs> we just went so black, y'all. That was a deep cut for non-black people. Just don't worry, white people. Just, we got you. Just, just, <laughs> I do not co-sign anything Slim is saying. People, don't cancel me. I'm not co-signing it. I do think we should have oh, an episode God. 
about not being black Greeks, I do think we should have that episode. Yeah, yeah, we um, need it. Is, yes. Did Ishmael join a Greek society? Does he, he do did a step it. show? No, he didn't. He did. Okay, so we need to have all the non-black Greeks. <laughs> I think, and then I, I need to double check with Jay. I don't think she did either. I'm gonna double. She maybe she did. I'm not sure. Oh, I can't remember. But yeah, I love Jesus. <laughs> let's let's um not. <laughs> But listen, we're about to have a black... Okay, that's a whole other conversation because Obama and Michelle did not either, by the way. Mm -hmm. Okay, now Michelle has now... Y'all done like, Michelle is one now! Y'all gave her honorary membership, but when she was in college, she did not do it. Okay? So she did not do it, and neither did Uncle Barack Obama. And... (laughs) But Kamala did. So she... I believe she's an AKA. Kamala, you know, she looks like she would, though. So, okay, let's, we've, we've gone into like the depths of blackness here. <laughs> We're going to take it back out to the, the, the fake black Karens. Um, I, I didn't even get to go into Jack and Jill. You know what? I'm, I'm going to leave all of that out because we've gone into the depths of blackness. And you guys, if you, this has now become so esoteric that you're like, what are you talking about? So let's bring it back. I'm crying. <laughs> Christ, we need to talk about it. And it's true. And honestly, I've tended to gravitate towards black people who are not Greek, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. Um, now I've had a, I've had a couple of friends that like people have not, don't cancel me because I have had a couple of friends and I dated a guy and we can talk about that. Uh, but see, but... it didn't work out, did it? You didn't no, like how he was branded, did he? <laughs> you were right. He wasn't cute. <laughs> branded though but they, you know they are branded oh, lord oh god oh my god this is so black right now um no i think we could just have that whole topic actually i already envisioned who it is i think it needs to be me you ismail and tiff because ismail and tiff went to hbcus and we didn't so i think okay. it's a good mix i think half yeah. of us went half of us didn't okay and then i think talking about Black Greeks, none of us are, but talking about that and, okay. All right. Oh, God, you guys said this went to a very <laughs> deep black place. So um, let's bring it back to the broad nose. Well, Rachel's not going to take them there, so we got to do it. Rachel went to HBCU and we didn't. So <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's talk about that. Rachel did go to HBCU. We didn't. Um, and you don't have to be black to go to HBCU, by the way. And HBCU stands for Historically Black College or University. Sorry. Correct. University. Correct. Okay. Sorry for people who are not American who may not know that or are not black. Actually, I should say not black because I know a lot of people who are American and not black who don't know what that means. Oh, Lord. Well, Wendy Williams didn't know what it meant. Are you serious? Yeah. You never saw that? No. Oh, my God. I got to send you that clip. I'm going to really? send you that clip. Yeah. Yeah. She looked really stupid. That's really surprising. Stupid. She looks so dumb. That's really surprising. Yeah, I, I really just, I really lost my, my taste for her after that. I'm really surprised by that, actually. Yeah, I'm going to find it for you. So yeah, we'll, so we'll have an episode dedicated to that. I'm going to have to cut this out because we just, so let's go back <laughs> to the broad nosed white women pretending to be black. Um, okay. So one thing too, so a lot of people have also co- commented, well, they thought she was black because look at her nose. Now, no, seriously, people have commented that. And I want you guys to know that all white people don't have straight long noses. Okay. Let's be clear on that. Like, you don't have to have a straight long nose to be white. 
all white people are not Anglo-Saxon. So that means like all white people are not, you know, Viking descendants and Celtic and all that stuff. There yeah. are white people from different, there are Southern European, Iberian, Little Arabic, Italian. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to put Arabs because I know sometimes they don't like that. That whiteness can vary and depend on whether or not they want to be white or not. I don't, I'll let them speak for themselves and how they identify. Okay. Um, but Jews who identify as white a lot, you know, most of the time, Ashkenazi Jews it white, but also don't always have like, you know, stereotypical, what we think of Anglo-Saxon features. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she could have, you know, a round bulbous nose, just like Rachel Dolezal and still be white. And, you know, you guys are the same ones who are trying to say the Kardashians aren't white because they're, they're half Armenian. They're totally white. She's literally yeah. a DNA test and they're 99% white. They're white. They're Armenian. So, and let's be real, like a lot of white people get nose jobs. So you guys also don't realize that half the white people you see, their nose is not even the real nose you're seeing. <laughs> you're not That's even the seeing, truth. Yeah. You're not even seeing the real nose job, you know, because you're not even seeing the real nose because people get nose jobs when they're teenagers. Yeah. I have a story about a black teenager who got a nose job, but for another time. Mm. First time I ever experienced that. Um, and actually, I wonder if I can get her sister on a podcast. Anyway, I'm going to leave that alone. But you, we're just, it's insulting. You know what I mean? I think it's insulting. And like well, I It's just say, like a nose. Like, it's just like the dumbest thing. Oh, a nose, some hoop earrings, some leopard print. Such, well then, such shallow. It's just so shallow. So then, okay, so I think we need to say then, how do we define black? Let's to be fair, right? Because there are people who, because people have said, well, you guys are saying Meghan Markle's black, right? Y'all are saying Mariah Carey is black. Y'all are saying these people who, who they feel uh, passing are black. Mm-hmm. So then what makes us accepting of them being black versus Adolazal and just Bumbalera Krug. Well, I can say for myself, being a fairly light-skinned black woman with plenty of passing family members, that my narrative is a black narrative. My ancestors were taken from Africa. We were enslaved in America. We were raped by our master, and that's why we are so fair. And my family had to go through the, the, the segregation and Jim Crow and all that stuff. So I feel like I have a very strong black narrative. You do. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Meghan Markle, you guys want to say she's not black. I'm going to tell you how Meghan Markle is black. She brought her mom, her, her mom, who's black, as her black receipt to her wedding Okay, she walks out with her black mom as her black receipt all yeah. the time. And so, you know, if you're raised by a black mom, it's really, yeah, she, her mom might be fair, she might be fair, but it's really hard having a black mom for me to tell somebody that they're not black. That's just your mother. Yeah. You know I'm saying? So, like, you guys think she's passing, fine, she, she does pass, but her mom is black, and so that's why she might, you know, she's biracial, but is going to have a connection to black culture because her mom is black. Right. She has a, a genetic connection to black culture. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's a, it's a part of her lived experience. Yeah. Having a black mother. I think that's why, you know, if we go to the, whether or not you're asking for a DNA test receipts, you know, I, I do think these, these white people pretending 
to be black does put people who pass in an you know uncomfortable situation because they probably do feel like they have to prove their blackness oftentimes and now because white people are playing games right it's it's now a poor reflection on them where you have to prove it and so i i understand the point of like well that's like asking for the birth certificate i don't think it's it's not to me a complete parallel because we know that barack obama was born in hawaii we know where kamala harris is born in oakland or whatever mm-hmm. they're just like these are these are playing games right you have these situations where we don't know right because mm-hmm. you didn't know about rachel dolezal and you didn't know about jessica krug bumbalera you didn't know about that so i keep saying bumbalera because it's so stupid that she did like she's so ridiculous yeah um of all the Spanish names. <laughs> Bombalera. Bombalera. <laughs> she might so, as well named herself. Hey, Macarena. Just, just, just doing the most, okay? You know, and doing this crazy... I mean, do you know a Dominican with that last name? <laughs> it, it, it doesn't matter, right? It really doesn't matter. It's just the tropes that she's feeling, feeding into to go on with this minstrel show yeah and then the fact that she could rise to be a professor and you know I think yeah. she, had, she had an essence magazine article oh yeah yeah she yeah. had all these books out and you know you guys are going to say this is mental illness but i really don't think it is i just think this is columbus syndrome okay gwen is diagnosing this as columbus <laughs> syndrome all right this is you coming you're seeing natives like this is my land and I, it's, it's this is i discovered this this is india now like like what are you doing yeah what well, she's pro- she's profiting just like columbus did she's profiting you, it's just like it's just such a hard lie to maintain like it, it sounded it sound like when i read one of those articles she couldn't keep where she was from straight like one day her family's from dominican one day they're from puerto rico yeah, like she mean, wasn't I, even a good liar. That's the worst part. Well, it's hard to keep up with lies. Lies are hard to keep up. They're hard to keep you, up with. Well, you have to keep them simple. True, but lies are hard to keep up with, and it's a long time. You know, she's almost forty years old. She's been doing this her whole professional career, so it's definitely a hard thing to do. And you know, this whole minstrel show is—you know—it's to me, it's a colonizing mentality. You are the colonizer you want to own everything you want to control everything and if that even means that you're even the victim narrative even the victim narrative even you know the lowest on the totem pole was is black well i'm a beat up i'm a out black y'all niggas it's like <laughs> really yeah really it's you know yeah, and I think I think what's frustrating with black people, and, I, and maybe why white people can't grasp why it's so frustrating, because we don't have the luxury of coasting through both worlds like that. True. True. Can't do it. I can't do yeah. that, friends. So there's no instance in which I can tell people, well, listen, I want to be the t- at the top of the white game. So I now cast myself a white woman. Right. Like, that it doesn't go both ways. Yeah, that trans that. that transnational stuff ain't gonna work for us. Yeah, it doesn't. And people are like, well, what about the movie White Girls with the Wayans brothers? Stop it. Okay. What? That white movie's girls, so dumb. The movie's dumb, and they don't remotely look like white girls. So let's I know real. they look they look like crazy albinos. <laughs> exactly, they look like black albinos. They don't. The features, nothing is 
or no. kicking their favor to even look white. Like that's it, that's. Just I mean, silly. I know y'all mad. Y'all spent money on that Wayne's movie, but y'all should have known better. It's you know that's silly. So yeah. I mean, and I, just one thing, kind of wrapping it up here. She wrote this article to out herself, saying she's a fraud. She's you know a leech. A leech. She's a culture vulture. Blah blah blah. Well, it was like she said she wasn't a culture vulture, but she is a leech. A woman. Just... You're definitely a culture vulture. Hello. Right, 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 right. You're definitely a culture vulture. And, you know, you're canceling yourself. But that's some white people shit, too. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to out me. Wait, hold on, hold on. Lower the volume. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Sorry. Okay. It's okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's like she's got to out herself. She can't even give black people the satisfaction to do it. And and again, that's like white people. That's that's Karen. Right. I'm calling right. your manager. I'm telling you. <laughs> Where's your manager? I'm telling you. I'm canceling myself. Like what? The fuck? It's like you can't get me in trouble. I already did it. <laughs> exactly. It's like, so stupid. It's so stupid. It's so petty. It's so stupid. But then Karen is petty. It's it's just disgusting, right? And yeah. honestly, you know, benefiting from colorism, benefiting from right being white the adjacent. Shades of gray. Yeah. Yeah. To get to the top, right? Because I bet you there were more visibly black candidates for her for that role and mm-hmm. she's the one who got chosen why did she get chosen over other people i know she wasn't the only one. Oh, because look it's like a white people whether they'll admit it or not they're just they can just kind of they just feel comfortable with somebody with more european features exactly yeah right and so yeah. it, and who me- can code switch easier Cause I'm sure when she got up there, she wasn't all like, you know, I'm from the Bronx with this really bad accent that's changing every 30 seconds. She's probably talking like nice white woman up there. True. True. You yeah. know, and, and to me, it says a lot about academia actually. Um, because between her and Dolezal and, you know, for them to come to the front, the forefront and Sean King, really, I, what does it say when the most white adjacent person mm-hmm. is the speaker on behalf of black folk? Right, right, right. Right. And and, and mm-hmm. this is this is parallels to the episode Tiff and I did have about um soulless leadership, Asia and I see. Where I mm-hmm. said, you know, who are the people who are having a seat at the table right. to speak on your behalf? This is saying this is parallel to don't listen to celebrities. Like there are a lot of people who are trying to jump to the front of the line saying, listen to me, I'm speaking for black folk. And no, you're not. Yeah. Like, they don't have your interest at heart. They don't. Deep down. Right. right? Like what's, yeah. that, uh, what's that, what's that comedian's name? What Charlemagne? Who did, no, who did the eight minutes thing? Uh, uh, Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle. When he said the streets got this for real. Like, yeah, we need to, the black people, needs to be vigilant right and so listen if you're white passing and you're you are a black person i'm sorry i am sorry because white people have now made it 
has made the block hot for you. They have. They've made the block hot. It's not mm-hmm. easy. It's not going to be easy because people are going to be questioning something and you probably already feel under attack often. And so that is unfortunate. Yeah. Right. And I know you don't want to have to show receipts, but shit, sometimes I feel like it just might be easier. Like it is, it doesn't have to be a DNA test, but look, Mariah Carey got her, her siblings. She got her father picture. It, it was, it's not a big fight. Like, okay, yeah, she's there. That's it. Just, I don't know. Flash up. Well, I, I think after this, anybody who's who's passing for black and profiting off of it, like Jessica or Rachel, come come to the like, come on out, come on out. It's 2020. The gig is up. But hold on. Think about this. Jessica was doing this when Rachel was doing it. She was doing it, too. And she saw that whole thing blow up. She didn't come out. She doubled down as Jess, Jessica Bombalera. She she, <laughs> did, she didn't she didn't come out. But, she but saw see, this happen. But see, that's their white arrogance because white people think they can't get caught. Well, don't all criminals, all thieves? <laughs> I mean, people. Who yeah, are, that's true. That's cheaters. true. But like, but I would never try to pull off some lie like that and not think and and, and be able to sleep. No. Well, she's done it for years. She's yeah. done it for years. I, I'm just always surprised that, like, by some people's ego, how they just don't think their lies will catch up with them. It's Listen, she's done it for years and nobody... I mean, people were... Listen, the black women were saying things. Mm-hmm. And apparently there was a, like, a young black Latina junior scholar who approached some of the senior ones and trusted them to like, look, let's do research. And yeah. they made phone calls to figure out who it was. And basically the clock was ticking. And this is why, you know, Karen basically jumped the gun and said, oh, what was, I have a fraud and I'm canceling myself. So you can't cancel me. Nah, right. Nah, exactly. Nah, nah. <laughs> I mean, uh, the audacity. Yeah. The audacity. Sassity. The arrogance, the arrogance. You know, and, and I also would say from, uh, you know, one thing we haven't addressed, you know, Afro-Latinas are in a challenging space mm-hmm. because there's a lot of denial of blackness in the Latino community, as we know, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so for the ones who do embrace their blackness and embrace being Afro-Latina, it is an act of defiance. It's an act of um, almost protest. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's very powerful that they do mm-hmm. that because mm-hmm. they could just contend, you know, do Sammy Sosa shit mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. pretend mm-hmm. that they're not. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm not Lord. They could, they could easily do that and they're not. Mm-hmm. And so, for that being a space that honestly is to me just, you know, if we think about African-Americans and I just think just even the black diaspora, there was kind of like, you know, civil rights, I'm black and proud, that whole black power. There was like Mm -hmm. a black pride Mm -hmm. that movement really along with civil rights that was not just in America. I can say it, you know, it was really that, you know, when I talk about the 60s, we talked about that in that episode I had with that guy, Sam, the Nigerian guy, where, like, mm-hmm. the 60s was very powerful just in terms of black liberation, where right. black people were getting, you know, power and very proud. There was a really, there's a big moment of black pride, and this is where you saw afros, right? People stopped perming right. their hair, stopped right. and, and wearing their natural hair. 
the Latinos didn't really, they didn't do that. Right. So mm-hmm. they're just now in like the last five years, honestly, 25 really being like, Oh, I'm embracing being Afro Latino. Right. I am black Latino. Right. That, that's a big statement in a, in a society that, which is different. I'll tell you what's different between, you know, we have one drop rule, like one drop in your protecting whiteness, your, your one drop in your black. They have a culture from Spain and Iberia, like Portugal, of blancamiento, which is, they always say, mejorar la raza, which is basically improve the race. So mm. they want, what they did was, the if you mix more with white people and a light skinned person, you're improving the race. Okay. Right? Okay. So that yeah, is that where we sense. have the juxtaposition of why you have that denial a lot of times of blackness right, because right. the culture that's been ingrained it hasn't been the one drop rule the oh, english are like you're not crossing this line but yeah you're not yeah they're like oh no 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 oh you blackies forget that just right have sex have sex make them you know make, you're <laughs> you're making it better you know and so there's a famous painting of like an i think it's, i can't remember it's brazilian i can't remember of like a black grandma looking up and like thanking God because you see her mulatta daughter, her mixed race daughter and her grandkid, like her kid with the white man and the grandbaby, the quadroon. And so she's thankful because like, look, I've, you know, I've done it. I've, you know, right. Well, they they did that in new Orleans with the quadroon and the octoroon balls too. Yeah. Like the goal was to get white enough so you can cross the color line. Exactly. But, so that, but that's like French and Spanish, but the English are like, hell no. Exactly. So you see that whole like Latino thing with French, Spanish, Portuguese. It's more, no, you mix more with white. You're doing a service to your race by making it whiter, right? And that's mm-hmm. from the black side. And that's even from the native side, right? Oh, so yes. The indigenous, yeah. The Mexico. Indigenous side, all of them, Peru, Ecuador. Yeah. The more you're mixed out and you look less indigenous, you're less brown, more in, ethnic looking the more you the closer to white you are the better you are and the more you're doing for society and you're doing a good thing so it's an act of the way i was thinking it's an act of defiance Mm -hmm. to be afro-latina so for her to to basically violate this space Mm -hmm. by pretending Mm. is it's really fucked up right because you're also with a group of people who honestly have a lot of pressure to not identify as black Mm -hmm. I mean, you have Mm -hmm. you have a lot of pressure in that society to you're not black. I'm just Dominican. I'm just Puerto Rican. Where did like the nationality and and, like to ignore the race and to ignore it? Like that's a part of the culture. And Mm -hmm. so for for them to actually be like, I'm Afro-Latina. I'm proud. Let's talk about it. Let's have these classes, all that stuff, you know. And a lot of times if you think about it, just a person of color, sometimes you have a professor or something who's a person of color, there is something about that being a safe space of you being in academia and wanting that guidance. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, uh, it's supposed to be like a sacred type of yeah. relationship. And this white a mentor. Woman, yeah. Yeah. And it's white women out here fucking fucking around. Well, she's a fraud. She's a fraud. I mean, that is awful. I mean, how many people have confided in her? Maybe they had some issues, you know, identity issues, whatever issues it is. And this white lady is here pretending. And I'm not, I, let me be careful. Because I don't want you guys to be like, oh, well, white people can't help you. Yeah, she was a white lady giving her advice from a white yeah. perspective. But this is not, she was pretending to like understand and live their experience. And she doesn't know that. And, and it was just a mockery. Yeah. The mockery. 
the accent, the clothes, the hoop earrings. Like, come on. Jesus Christ. I can't get over the like the way they described her. I know. Well, she she looked black. She wore leopard print. Oh, excuse me? I don't have a piece of leopard print in my closet. I'm from Jersey, I do. But, but, <laughs> but. Well, Sam doesn't buy any clothes because she's frugal. True. I, I haven't bought anything leopard print in ages. Listen, this pandemic, I haven't bought anything. That's true. But, it, you know, but yeah, that's true too. This whole trope was just accepted, right? And, and I blame the faculty, honestly, for hiring her. And I know they probably just. I don't know yeah. the extent of the background check you can do, right? I guess she tells you. But she you know what? If they had more of a diverse, I think it just comes back to diversity. Because if they had more of a diverse faculty at these university universities, because you know they don't, somebody would have caught this earlier. Somebody would have. Somebody would have been like, mm, like side eyeing her or something. I know. I mean, it is. No, I agree. I mean, and the whole thing is that she did this for her own personal gain, right? So this is, huh, it, it's, it, it's unfortunate, right? It's unfortunate that stuff like this can happen. So where do we go from here? I mean, I have to be honest. This is, this is the second time you guys are seeing it happen. I'm telling you, these are not two outliers. There mm-hmm. are more people doing this shit. Right, right. Well, I, like I said, I hope the people who are doing it come forward and I hope these universities put more people of color at the table not just the ones that they feel comfortable around but all skin tones at the table to maybe catch this a little bit earlier so what do you think should be her punishment retribution like because you know she's thinking she canceled herself and that's that well you know what Uh, I don't know legally but if she if she got any of this grant or scholarship money under false pretenses, maybe they can sue her for it or make her like pay back the money with penalties. Cause I think that'd be a pretty fair trade off. Cause if you had to come up with $5,000, she'd be hurting. I mean, yeah. I mean, I do think they need to strip her of a lot of things. Yeah. She had, you know, fellowship money, her, any compensation, any material, you know, things that she's had, I don't know if, I mean, I guess, you know, she did her work in school, so I guess they can't take away her degree. Whatever, they just need to strip her and... Yeah, they should strip her. Like, if she got any, like, black scholarships for black writers, they should, they could strip that. Yeah, I mean, they should definitely strip her from all these things. It's just... It's just ridiculous. You know, it, honestly, if, if, if they're doing the same thing as she, she, them coming forward, I don't want them to be a martyr. See, I learn. I don't know. I need, I don't need them to come forward. I need everybody else. Open your eyes and drag them. Okay. Drag mm. them out. All right. I don't need <laughs> you to come. I want you to drag them out. You want the Salem witch trial? Yes, that's what I want. <laughs> drag them out and let the, let people know that they're playing these games because they are. They right. are. You know, because, and this is, we have so, it is so hard to get scholars and it's so hard for people to get tenure. A seat at the table. And a seat at the table in academia, especially. We can't afford for a grifter to get it. We Mm -hmm. really can't, Mm -hmm. you know. And and a lot of times, when especially these subjects, they're infiltrating 
are very sensitive subjects, right? Of identity, of, of black history, of, of rape and pillaging. You know, we have, it's, it's a hard history that we all share. Okay, whether you're African American and Latinos, all of it is that that same rape history of all the shit, and us trying to now figure out how to navigate and create a semblance of a future for our Black people going forward when we've had oppression constantly on us, right? And even yeah. people in Africa being stripped of the riches, the wealth, your society. Mm. You know, we just have collectively had a such a hard history at the hands of imperialism and colonialism by Europeans that when you have these academics, you know, talking yeah. about these things, it's a sensitive well, and thing. And, and this white chick is making a mockery of it. Yeah. Well, it's like you stripped us of everything. You stripped us of our minerals. You stripped us of our land. You stripped us of our children. And now you want to strip us of our own story. It's not good enough. You are not satisfied with being an ally and be like, oh, I can appreciate the culture. I want to learn about this. You don't want to be an ally because you don't want to be in the sidecar. You want to be Robin. You want to be Batman. <laughs> you feel like, no, no, I'm black. I'm Batman. I'm black man. Whatever. Uh, that's yeah. me. <laughs> okay. Right, right, right. You black folk, you got to be Robin. I'm really black, not you. Like, come on. Well, they're really looking like Joker right about now. I mean, you know, and then white people are like, I'm confused. Why? <laughs> this is highly offensive. Like, we can never have shit for ourselves. God damn. Well, they can't. I don't think they can understand it because we could never do it. We could never. Yeah. We can't, we, we never could. Do you, okay, do you remember there's this 80s movie? Um, oh, they put it, like Soul Man. Yeah, my yeah. mom. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. And he looked like an Indian man when he did. <laughs> he put on the brown, the black. You could face. not make that movie now. You know, it was awful, right? But the only thing you guys can talk about is white girls and I mean white chicks, and it looks ridiculous. Like, but and then it's a movie. We're talking about real life here, real true. careers, real salaries, real household income. True. Like, tell me, you guys see Sammy Sosa walking with his bleached skin? You're like. Sure, you know, Mr. McGee. No, he's not. He this is still he's clearly a Dominican black man who's fucked up his skin. Like there's nothing so sad that so sad. signals that he could ever pass as a white right. person and attain white privilege and attain that's that's not what he's gonna do. Black people can't do that. Oh my god, I just put up the images of old Sammy versus new Sammy. Ooh. It's, mm, you know, mm, we're mm. not in a position to do that. So, uh, and it's, it's fucked up because honestly, it's her being a woman who's Jewish. Like, what if someone did that, like pretended to like, pretended to be Jewish and pretended to have family. Oh, the Holocaust. they would I mean, be massacred, massacred. Bro. They would, they would, they, they wouldn't be able to see the light of day again. Yeah. That's the only example I could give us from a white perspective that maybe you guys can understand. So if. Uh, someone who's not Jewish did this whole pretend story and became like a Jewish scholar. Okay? Yeah, or said their parents, like their grandmother died in a concentration camp. Yeah, they said all that, but also right. they became like a, a well 
known, you know, Jewish scholar of like Jewish history at a prestigious university was, you know, mentoring, you know, young Jewish talent, getting awards, writing in, you know, renowned Jewish publications, all this stuff to find out it was a complete lie. But you know what? You got to give, I think the Jewish people would ask the right questions because they all know each other. They'd be like, what summer, summer camp did you go to? Like well, they would that, put, doesn't, they would, that's, that doesn't matter. The point is that they, for them to relate to what we're feeling. Yeah, yeah. Can you guys imagine that? Now, if you're not Jewish, you know, you're like, well, you don't know. I don't know. I don't have no other examples to give y'all. I don't know. But Jewish people are <laughs> the people who I could tell you who, right. for you to get like a parallel for like how egregious this, this act is and how dangerous it is, right? You have a very sensitive history of being oppressed, right? And for someone to come in there and play make-believe, you know, like, you know, cartoons with your very real, raw history where you still have an open wound. Yeah, still suffering from it. Still suffering from it. You wouldn't take it lightly. You would not take it lightly. And so this is why this is really wrong of her to have done. And you wouldn't be like, well, if this person wrote an article saying, cancel me because I canceled myself, you wouldn't be like, okay, well, gosh darn it. She canceled herself. That's okay. Like, you're not. Well, the the black women should still come forward and say, like, I, I want to read their piece. Me too. Yeah. I want to read the clues, the dossier that they put together about this because you know it's going to be good. Yeah, so listen, all the blacks and Latinas, or black Latinas, which is, again, not mutually exclusive, come together, because I'm seeing a lot of stuff on Twitter, and a lot of people tweeting their different interactions with her. Yeah. I want you to come together. Put it in the New York Times, baby. And have a whole think piece, a whole series, and I want you to break it all down, and, you know, tout your work about why people should find your work in your mm, real experience mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I want you to put pictures of your black family in it so we all have the receipts and be like my family's <laughs> black okay and no matter how dark you are still put the picture so everybody know you black just to show like hey I don't care how light you are how dark you are you show that yes my family's black and I don't this is not cool and don't because this is dangerous like don't make light of our history right it's and not then, something you can play with and then benefit from it and take, yeah. she's taken opportunities away. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And then I know people may feel like, well, she could be, does that mean she couldn't have as a white person? She could have, but she needed to present herself as a white person who was interested as an ally and not try to step into our shoes. But you know, if she wanted to do the work, cause there's so many topics you could write about. She could write about so many topics, but she had to pick that one. But she's also saying it like it's her experience. Yeah, yeah. She could write about these topics, but you don't put it under the false presumption and assumption that it's your history and it's it's not yours. Like, I can write about, like, I could have a, you know, there are a lot of, you know, black kids who are, like, into anime and stuff like that, and they could learn a lot about Japanese culture, and they can go learn the language and all stuff, but they don't have to be like, oh you know, my great-great-grandpappy was Japanese. Like, no. Yeah, because that, that's never going to fly. Just appreciate it. Just like, yeah. I appreciate it. I admire it. I've learned so much. And they can, you know, you can learn so much where you can teach other people. She's so stupid, though, because she could have done her work about, like, how the Jewish diaspora 
parallels with the black diaspora. Like she could have done something like that. She's just not creative. She could have, listen, she could have been like, I am interested in all this. I'm not telling her she didn't have, she has to talk about Jewish stuff. She could be interested in all of this. She can go spend time in Africa and the Caribbean, go live in Puerto Rico and immerse yourself and learn it and be like, I learned all of this and I want to share what I've learned. I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with that, but I'm a, you'd say I'm a white person, I'm a Jewish person, and I have this affinity or this, you know, I was really interested in this and I want to learn about it and I've learned so much and I'm sharing what I've learned, you know, and this is my perspective having learned it, you know, that's, that's all you have to do. I'm not telling you you have to, if you didn't want to write about Jewish shit, you don't have to write about Jewish shit. It's just what you want to do, it's fine. But you need to say that it's coming from you as a person who has not lived that experience and you're appreciating it and you have a respect for it and you yeah. respect it so much you want to dedicate your life to it and make your career on it it's wild if i'm just like okay look i don't know vietnam i'm really into vietnam vietnamese stuff blah blah hey you know i don't need to tell people that i have an appreciation for Vietnamese culture and I've learned about this stuff I, I, I'm just going to be Vietnamese now I, I'm Vietnamese <laughs> and um, I'm going to be the head Vietnamese person in charge and the Vietnamese expert because yeah. that's what I want to be and, and and on top of that I'm going to ridicule actual Vietnamese people and talk shit to them and be very confrontational with real yes. Vietnamese people yeah. like how dare you how dare you she was calling black women fraudulent and all type of stuff. I mean, how dare you? Well, hopefully they come out dragging. Yeah, I need you guys to do a whole coordinated effort, a whole, you know, synchronized swimming routine. And yeah. I, I need you to organize, organize, organize this. And I need you to drag her from Cali to New York. All right. And you can bring in Rachel, drag her again. And just sweep the floor with these bitches. <laughs> I want you to do it. And anyone else who you guys find and you suspect, do the research and drag them some more. And I want you to drag. And I haven't said, you know, cancel culture. I mean, I don't know about cancel culture, but I need you to drag them. And I need you to make them accountable. That's important to me. Right. I don't know about cancellation, but I need accountability. Yes. Yes. I like that. I like that. So... We went all around the world, but I thought this was an important topic to discuss because especially, you know, can you imagine we're in this whole period of George Floyd and everything that's happened in 2020, Black Lives Matter. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. And you're sitting here fronting on this. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, that video you sent, she's, she just like, how dare the people who are gentrifying and the cops need to be defunded. Like, what? you're putting it on too thick for a fake. These gentrifiers wouldn't let the black and brown people speak first. Right. She's Bitch, basically, you do, she's basically calling out what she did. I know. It's I, wild. It's wild. It it's, is wild. It's, um, I'm not going to say it's insane. I, it is this pathology. Y'all got to really, somebody has to study this like narcissistic colonizer mentality. Like what the fuck is that? Because it is yeah. wild to me where it's like, no, I need to be at the front. 
I can't be Robin. I will not be satisfied. You know, I'm not Batman. I'm a jump in there. I'm a protectless. <laughs> I'm a jump in Batman's outfit, though. Note to self: Batman has COVID. <laughs> what? 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 Houseway? How? Like I just <laughs> house because you know, and you know it's it's hard for us to understand because it's not something that we're capable of doing as black people. We can't do that, right? We're well, not... just the energy to go into a line like that and live it for so many years, and just I, I can't, I can't, I just can't fathom. Oh. I cannot fathom. I don't know if she has children because Rachel Dolezal, because she had like half black children, was like, look, my kids are black. I was like, don't try. You can't get black proxiness because you have black kids. No, that's not it. I, but then I just, they just look, I mean, when I saw that, I was like, okay, your props. Yeah. Yeah. Last thing and I'm going to close this out. It is people like to consume blackness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one says you guys want our rhythm, but you don't want our blues. Mm. and she this is like the perfect example of consuming blackness like you want to consume it for the good parts of you want to be able to reap the rewards yeah reap the rewards right you consume it to a point where you're out black and you're doing better than black you get to be the professor you get to be the spokesperson you are the token you get to be the token and you're taking away from black people but then you're pretending that you care and you help i mean honestly this is a parallel for a lot of white liberals in general yeah because i i think they're trying to take the black lives matter narrative yeah this is the parallel, like everyone's not going to be so crazy to go all the way as far as her, but it's a, I want you guys, I want black people, Latinos, I want everyone of color and white people to think about this. Clear. Be careful about your intentions, right? When you're a white liberal, are you really trying to help black people? Are you trying to support it? Or are you trying to be in the forefront? Are you trying to be the savior? Have you made it about yourself? Right. Well, I, I don't know if you're, are you familiar with Roxanne Gay? Yeah. Yeah, she said she said it so eloquently on, uh, I think it was a PBS special. She's like, you know, black people got this, but white people always have to come in with their craziness and mess up everything. Like, she said it a lot better than me, but she's right. She's right. I mean, because who's in Antifefta? Come on. Montifa? Yeah, 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 yeah. That ain't black people. <laughs> well, okay. I didn't want to get Antifa. We, we're in a weird parallel zone right now where being anti-fascist is bad. Like, are we want to be fascist? I'm confused. So I, I, <laughs> I'm just going to leave that alone because that's just a whole other topic. I'm really, con- you know, I can't even go there. But it is like, you can't let us have anything. Right, 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 right. I mean, right. even at the margins of society, Afro-Latina trying to be you know move up in in well, academia you can't let well, it's, have shit. it's well i think i think we just very suspicious because where they could help like with careers education um funding that's where they fall short <laughs> because you don't want to help let's be yeah because like like you want to be there for the photos the twitter you know to put on your photo like you're out in this march with your little poster 
and your little TikTok videos. But when it comes to actually helping black people, which is usually through education, monetary means, you're not, you're not there for us. You're not there. You're giving, you're giving the internship to your niece. Like, so just, just stop, just stop. Because it's performative. Right, right. She put on a, she put on the ultimate performance. Right. Because like, you know what, if nobody's watching, they wouldn't be doing it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And so you don't want to do the work, the real work that's actually going to benefit black people. You just want to right. do the performance for people to pat you on the back and tell you that you're a good white person. Right, right. Right. Yeah, that's how I feel like a lot of times. Like they they want me to tell them like, "No, you're you're down with the cause." And I'm just so over it. I'm over white trying to make white people feel good. I'm just like, "I'm sorry. I can't. <laughs> I can't do it anymore." Man, I I could say check your white privilege, but man, this is this is gone. So y'all jumped the shark. Y'all jumped the motherfucking shark now. I mean, I mean, what does that really say when the people who are technically at the bottom of the totem pole in terms of the American caste system and the world caste system, you're like, hmm, well, I'm going to beat you. I'm going to do it better than you. Like, what? What? Yeah, it's like, I'm going to show you how it's done. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You want to okay. show us. Oh, you think being black is that bad? No, it's not. I can do it better than you. Like, what? Look, Columbus, I'm tired of you. I think I think we'll never understand this psyche. I can't get into somebody's head like this. It's not our it's not our experience, and we're not we're not able to have that, right? Yeah, you know, we're we're not ever in a position where the world is at our fingertips, and we can try to manipulate it like marionettes. No, like you know, you are not comfortable unless you're the fucking puppet master. Pretty much, and. You know, we're just trying to live, and you were like, "Nope, move this string. I'm moving. No, nope, no." Nope. I'm like, "You're just. You want to control everything. Yep. And yep. it is sick. And so, okay, to end this now, I don't want white people to feel like this was racist. Join the club. <laughs> this was racist." This is, you know, that's not fair. All lives matter. Oh, my God. We're all not like that. I don't dress up like that. <laughs> I don't wear a headdress at Halloween. I'm like, I have black friends. Gwen and Slim are just trying to tell you. I'm trying to tell you recognize your privilege, but this is beyond that. Like, this is, look at your behavior. Are you helping black people? God damn, I have to say that. Are you actually doing anything to make a difference right a real difference that's a it. real difference because if you're not you're part of the problem that, right. that's what i'm saying so are you doing something that is legit to help and make a difference because you know what when white people are like oh i'm the voice actor for a, a cartoon mm. and i'm going to leave my job so a black person take that's bullshit that's not that's not real are you doing something real are you to slim's point when there is an internship just teeing up your niece and nephew right right okay because that's not helping black people okay because that's where it counts yeah that's where it counts that's where it counts yeah that's where it really counts so think about where it counts where oh there's a job whose resume are you passing right right 
um, when you see someone getting pulled over, you know, a black person, are you just walking by like, oh, they must have did something wrong? Are right. you Are you staying there? Are you recording? Are you checking the white officer? Yeah. Are you going to help defuse the situation? Are yeah. you going to help defuse it? Because let me tell you, that white officer will chill because of you. Because mm-hmm. you have your power. Mm-hmm. Your white mm-hmm. power is stronger than you know. Mm-hmm. Are you... Are you using your privilege in the right way to actually make a difference? Right. Like rein it in and make it constructive or else sit home and just watch some Netflix. Yeah. Are you doing that? And if you're not, you're a part of the problem. Yeah. Right. You're get out the way. The yeah. And, and get out the way and, and check your privilege because this thing looks crazy about what this woman did, which is kind of a more extreme case, but there are little things that you do that are reminiscent of this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so you need to make that connection. When am I jumping in with my cape? When am I jumping in because I want attention and I want recognition and I want to be patted on the back? Well, I think think it's like they don't want to give us the tools in the end. They still want to remain in control. Well... True, they don't want to give us the tools, but they also save us a race. You you keep changing where the finish line is. You mm-hmm. move it all the time, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so whatever mm-hmm. happens, you you move all the milestones so that we can never catch up, right? You always yeah. move it to yeah. make it. Or you throw more obstacles on the way so we can't get to the end of the race. So think about how you're showing up, what you do, and what that privilege looks like, right? And I know you hate feeling like, oh, my God, they call me the R word. How did they call me that? <laughs> and being racist is worse than being called a racist, okay? Your racist behavior is much worse than actually being called that. So mm-hmm. why don't we focus on the behavior as opposed to the nomenclature? Right. And I think there's a lot of learning to be done because I feel like a lot of white people, they think if they voted for Obama and they don't live in the South and they have all their teeth and they don't go waving Confederate flags at NASCAR races, then they're not part of the problem. I think that I think that's what's first me frustrates me as being a Southerner. They think it's just that it was just a little problem down there. There's a little problem in Alabama, Georgia, Mississippi, but not in Atlanta. Just just, you know, just down there. I'm like, you guys are. All the companies are in the Northeast. You you guys control the hiring. Work it out. Well, I told you it's not true because I grew up in New Jersey. I told you it's racist as shit. Yes, but 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 I, it's not true. But they like to give this notion that it's 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 just like a Southern thing. Well, that's like, like the Brits and Americans. They try to make it seem like we're the only racist ones. Right, right. I mean, too. okay, yeah. It's it's been very visible in the South. But we all know it's up here too. Like it's yeah. yeah. I like listen, y'all try to you try to stand a high horse, but I know better. Right. 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 Like you ain't fooling me. You can't fool me. I've been called the nigger with a hard ER, okay? In New Jersey. (laughs) So let's be clear. By multiple people on multiple occasions growing up. So I want us to be really clear about that. And I didn't grow up in the sixties, okay? So I, I want it to be really clear that was the case and it's still the case and you guys play so many games so yeah it's not a southern thing it's a it's a thing up here but people try to protect actually 
damn, we, I, okay, we're gonna have to cut this off, but what was that, I think I, did I text you about that? The thing in Brooklyn from like 1989 where Yousef Hawkins, did you, mm. was I talk, texting you about that? Mm. No, maybe it was Trinity, I was texting about that. It was a HBO show special that came out about 1989, uh, of like a 16 or 17 year old black boy who got kills in Brooklyn because he went to a part to like, I think buy a used car and a mob chased him and beat him to death. No, no, I didn't. I didn't know that story. Okay. I think I would have remembered that if I got it. A, like a documentary or something came out about it. And a weird thing about it is that one of the guys, because of that documentary, the reason why I found out about it was that someone from Hot 97 who worked there for a long time apparently was one of the mobs, the mob who, like, accosted this boy and this young man and got recently fired from Hot 97. And it was a whole question of, like, wait, holds up. So 30 years ago, you were in a race riot mob attacking an innocent young black man and now you you work at the station where hip-hop lives excuse mm. me mm. <laughs> excuse me oh gosh same type of thing here like what yeah. is going on same type of thing going on i asked my parents because i was young and i like when i saw it i was like i kind of vaguely i was too young but my mom's like she remembers it like she remembers it like yesterday she remembers it like yesterday wow um, yeah, just a low point. So I need to watch. I need to watch it. I, it. It's hard for me to watch some of these things. Like I have to really pace myself. Like I, the Central Park Five thing on Netflix. I think I watched thirty minutes and I couldn't get through it. It's too some just of the, the thought of that. I can't. I can't. Some of it's too hard, and I know we need to watch it. But listen, you guys, I'm black every day, and it's it's hard for me. It's 2020. Did you know when they were doing like um, there was that one week and. June and they were putting all these free movies on Amazon that you could watch about the black experience. I was, I was like, it's too much. Like I, I thought I was having a nervous breakdown every day. Yeah, it's hard. And I know white people, you, you, you guys feel bad out of guilt, but for us, it's, it's traumatic. Yeah. So well, it's like, I, I feel, it's like, this is reality. Yeah. Like, this could be, I don't have a brother, but this could be my brother, this could be my dad, yeah. my uncle, my cousin. This yeah. Is, this this is stuff hard. is happening in my state. Like, what was that one movie? I can't think of it now with um, Michael B. Williams. What was it? I don't know. But it's like happening in my state. My state. I'm just like, I can't, I can't take this. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot. Listen, I got to pace myself with these things and be in the right mood and the right stuff to be able to do it. Because I remember I watched 30 Minutes, that Central Park 5 thing. And again, it was Brooklyn. Um, you know, you know, I like to ask my parents because they were adults at the time. You know, I'm too young where a lot of these things are happening. It's scary, you know, because this is it. And this stuff, you're like, oh, it's old. It's 1980 something. Well, look at 2020 what's happening. Well, it's, it's I, real for us. Yeah, because I think my pro, like I read a lot of historical nonfiction about the black experience and it's just the same story over and over again so i know after 2020 ends probably two three years later we're gonna this is gonna happen again i can't tell you how many race rights i have read about and it's just the same story and my head is probably about to explode because i yeah. know it's not going to change yeah it's not going to change and you guys you know are you guys are calling these race rights? i i don't even think of it as like 
black people are frustrated and not just black people. And then you also have people infiltrating it and that, you know, whatever people coming here, fucking shit up. And if you guys look at the propaganda in the sixties, you know, you guys all love Martin Luther King Jr. Now, but they didn't love him then. They were making him seem as an agitator and saying that he was causing race rights and all this stuff. Well, we all know he was about nonviolence. So a lot of the stuff that we're seeing now is manipulated and, it, you know, and I'm not a person who is a big conspiracy theorist, you know what I mean? But I also recognize that there it, there are certain narratives that are being pushed in agendas because people don't want change. You don't want equality for black people, right? So it's easy to keep us as the boogeyman of like, they're burning up their own things and blah, 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 blah. And to some extent, yes, but also, especially nowadays, some of y- y'all are also, there's a lot of pictures of, you know, police officers putting bricks on the side of the buildings, like packs of, you know, piles of bricks for people to like, take and throw so like come on you guys are playing a lot of games now but it's it's hard for us to watch these things it's not it's not easy to watch these like if no you're it's white, traumatic it's traumatic like holy shit because it hasn't changed but i'm supposed to smile and put it be a good negro at work on my zoom Ugh. and you know do all this stuff and yeah. smile and then be obedient when an officer pulls me over and all this stuff. And it's like, you're under constant attack as a black person. It's hard, man. So Well, it's like, you you know all this stuff. You know the history. You know the, the daily experience. And you have to bottle it up inside. Yeah. You can't react. No, you can't. You have to go along like everything's okay. It's, it's traumatic. So I don't know how more black people don't have like PS. PSDT or something, whatever that is. PTSD. Well, a lot of black people yeah. have mental health issues and yeah. we're not good at you know, therapy. In yeah, the of course they don't get addressed. Yeah. So, you know, and this is why, not to detract from it, but this is why, you know, I don't want to bring up I'm going to here, but we had talked about having different narratives for black media because it is hard constantly see, like, gang movies or slave movies or Jim Crow stuff like it's or even some of the stuff it's hard to see it all the time because we're also living it and it's like you're also reminding us that we're living it (laughs) and and honestly all these movies that we have it's not changing why people still do the same shit yeah yeah. does it make a difference I mean I'm not saying not to I want to be careful saying that but white people are still doing the same shit look at do the right thing and everything all these boys in the hood uh, you know, Central Park, pa- you know, the Central Park Five, look at The Help, um, look at um, Hidden Figures. Like, if we really look at the themes in these things, have they really changed? No, I, but you know what? I've given up on them. Give, I, we got we to gotta work on ourselves. We got to look after ourselves. Well, we got to know who we are. You guys can't be inviting grifters in. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Don't invite Grifter's Bombalera in. She had to pick that name. Lord have mercy. And Bombalero. And and Rachel Dolezal. Who's still doing her work and still braiding hair though? I I ain't mad at braiding hair. I mean she does look and live in Spooky in Washington. How many people can actually braid hair out there? Washington's a pretty white state. Yeah. Um, there are black people there though, and there are African immigrants there. So I'm sure they can, they can get their hair braided. Mm. Listen, there's always African immigrants someplace. You can get your hair braided. 
You can always. Yeah, like, aren't there a lot of Somalians in, like, Minnesota or something like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And there were, I think, what was, it was Seattle. Who were they? I think they were, like, Somali or Ethiopian. There was a decent community there, too. Why do uh, they gotta go so cold? Woo. A lot, uh, a lot of times, depending is the government has, like, um. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, the government honestly tends to put people in these rural random I'm going to put Africans where there's no vitamin D. So <laughs> they will get sick. They did do that. They put I think they put a lot of Vietnamese people in Texas, but at least that's warm. But well, like the the Vietnamese in Texas and there's a lot in Louisiana. It makes sense because of like Houston is a big Vietnamese and New Orleans cuz of the shrimping. So it's like they they do a lot of shrimping already. There makes sense, but I don't know why you would put an African up in Wisconsin. There is no sun. They listen. They they do it to keep you isolated, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, in Minnesota and where did I go earlier this year? Uh, Omaha. Yeah, and there were some there. Oh, Omaha. Oh my God. Yeah, Mm-mm-mm. yeah. That might have been the last place I went on a plane was Omaha. Oh, of course, the last place I went was Alabama. Well, and I don't know when I'll, we'll be getting back on a plane. Well, I mean, people are flying right now, and the prices are good, but I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Yeah. So, look, folks, this conversation went all over the place. I'm going to have to. Edit yeah, it but that's what we do here at Gap with Gwen. I feel like we do. We do. I might use the snippets for IG stories or something. But look, lesson learned here. Mm-hmm. Be your authentic self. Mm. If you're a white person, you don't need to pretend that you're a person of color. No. Stop nope. being weird. Stop being weird. It. Stop being weird. And I think right people are just joking like, ha ha ha, that's so funny. It's not funny. It's really not funny. It's so disrespectful. But they don't care. I just don't think they care. Yeah, they probably don't care. Yeah. They, ugh, man, what the hell? I mean, whoever thunk it that we would get to the point where we got white people pretending to be black? I can't. I can't. I just don't. Like, what's going to happen next week? Because I feel like more crazies are coming. Listen, girl, we we buckling up for November 3rd. <laughs> Listen. We just all preparing for the the craziness that's about to go down. Mm-hmm. Like November third. Listen, the you know what I was thinking. I'm I'm thinking like, you know, before, when COVID was getting real scary, and everybody went out and bought like bought up all the toilet paper. All the, I'm going to do that for November third. Like on November first or second, I'm going to buy toilet paper, food, just to stay in my house for three weeks. Because mm-hmm. there's a war coming. There's a war think, coming. You think it's a war? I think if Biden wins and like these crazy right wing militia groups might try to overthrow, I, I, I just know I'm going to stay in my house. But this is the thing. I hope it doesn't come to this, Lord. But when things were popping off in early June, mm-hmm. where the protests were happening, mm-hmm. Trump was threatening to send out the National Guard. Or he was telling the governors that they need to put the military against the people. Now, the American government has never done that. You know, that type of shit happens like in Latin America and in Asia where they use the government against the people. But we've actually never done that. 
Right. So for me, I don't say the worst could happen, but if these militia, you know, to me, it's not a civil war. It's just going to be some type of bloodshed because the minute people act up, that they will put the military against you. You know what I mean? Like, that's mm-hmm. what it is. So, like, anyone who thinks you can have a civil war, that's cute. Because what's really going to happen is they're going to put the military against you. And uh, they got tanks. So, I don't care what little, you know, rifles and AK-47s you bought from Walmart. These people have, like, military-grade weapons. There's just no even fight here. Like, they're... they're... I, I, would, I, would, I would disagree with that. These, these groups do have military-grade weapons. They, have they don't military- have tanks. They do, but they do. They do. Well, they you can buy them easily. Yeah, but they don't have more than military. No, but I, I, all I'm doing is I'm going to stay in my house for a week. Why? Well, you're in New York. I think you're fine. But um, I think you're fine. I don't think there's any civil war in New York happening. I mean, I, I guess on Long Island. But <laughs> yeah, I guess on Long Island and Staten Island. So, yeah, yeah. You know, they'll be burning crosses per usual. But. <laughs> I don't think there's anything uh, outside of that, but I, yeah, okay, that's true. So these militias, white people do have military grade weapons, but so they what? They going to square up against the military? I don't know. I'm 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 just prepare, I'm going to just prepare for the worst. I mean, this ain't musket times, baby. So you got to be real careful. Like all that slick talk they talking. Do you want you know what's the beginning of um straight out of Compton? I don't even remember the movie Straight Out of Compton. There's like a tank that goes through the front door or something like mm. are you, listen mm. are you yeah. guys ready for that yeah like all this sounds cute in your video games and all this sounds cute on the social media but when push comes to sub like you you're going to go against the military because the military is going to have to get brought in so i don't know girl i don't have no answers you know the problem is the military does if they're like we don't want to do this i'm like uh-oh now, if they, if they decide to disobey orders, that's where we're going to have a problem. But my problem is, how many of in the military side with the extreme right? Well, this is where I'm saying, if, the mil- if there's a breakdown in the military, that's where America's going to have the problem. That's Gwen's prediction. You know what? I think I, think I need to go and buy me some ammunition. <laughs> that's what I think I need to do. Is that, this is where we would have the problem, if there's a breakdown in the military, because... The military has a decent proportion of, you know, black and Latinos, right? Because poor people mm. often go into it, right? So That's true. And Native Americans. Yeah. So the question becomes, like, if they're like, oh, I'm not going to follow orders. That's the problem. That's where I have it. So I'm not worried about the far right. I'm not worried about anything. It, if there's any breakdown in the military, that's where we're screwed. Right. So. I'm just telling everybody to go out and buy some guns right now. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I think we need to get to a place of learning diplomacy. An eye for an eye leaves everyone blind. <laughs> okay. Well said. Well said. We got to learn to get, we, you guys listen, we are not agreeing with each other, but we all have to live here. And listen, the, the far right, you may not like it, but you can't live and your businesses won't run everything without the left, right? We're all technically into this together. So we got to make it work. We got to make it work, no matter what you want to say, because I recognize that I'm not going to everyone's not going to be super liberal and progressive. Yeah, I think that I think that goes for both sides. Yes, both sides. Yeah. 
Like, we all have to make it work. And so, you know, you guys letting Trump rile you up, you think that you're going to get your guns and, you know, you're powerful and all this shit. Like, don't let Trump rile you guys up. Like, at the end of the day, he can go fly off like the Jetsons to the moon because he's rich and leave us. But we're still stuck here together. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, we guys, you guys need to realize that, like, these rich people can play us against each other, but we're all stuck here together, you know, as regular old, regular degular folks. Yep. So we got to make it work and all this fighting and whatever not is dumb. And black people saying black lives matter is not a big statement. It matter just mattering. is not even like that great. You guys. Well, I just like, <laughs> I, I just wonder if like, if, if people, if black, if we, if they put on the slogan, black lives matter too. Would people, would white people still be up in arms about this? Because I just don't, I just don't get why the, why the fury? We're just saying like our lives matter too. I don't see what the big deal is. Well, because I don't think our lives matter. Duh. Ugh. I don't think our lives matter. You know, no, this is like, if it's not about them, then I'm not having it. Yeah. Wait, you're, you're saying that why your lives matter? they just can't let us have like it just goes back to like we can't have anything we can't even like be acknowledged that we're equals nope nope uh uh-uh uh-uh me 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 yeah it's it's a cultural difference it's like it's a weird cultural difference it's like black lives matter too i'm sorry we left off the two but we cannot put that on a t-shirt it doesn't fit so we just have to do black lives matter Ugh. They're like, no, white lives matter too. All <laughs> lives matter too. Why are you get? Why are you getting a special treat? Like, it's it's so. It's long. tiring. I'm tired. I'm tired. It's immature, short-sighted, ignorant. It's gaslighting. It's so many of these things. Um, and you know, I I, I want to say this. Look, all white people aren't bad. We don't think that you're all. Right. No We're not black. bitter. We're not bitter black women here. Yeah, like, we know all white people are not like this, but... Y'all making it hard out here. Y'all better check y'all cousins and check your your in-laws. On Long Island. And you need to be the one who's vocal about it. It can't be us because nobody listens to us. Right. We're not at the Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, we're not at the Thanksgiving dinner. Anything we say, you you dismiss it. You guys are going to have to really... Step up step up because this is whack this is whack you know and i don't want you stepping up and trying to step in our shoes with a halloween wig and a spray tan Mm, mm, mm. it's um oh lord well 2020 is to be continued Mm -hmm. we're six months into the pandemic (laughs) who could have ever guessed yeah and more to come, I'm sure. More to come, and you know, stay white, and we gonna stay black. <laughs> Just stay alive, people. Wear that mask. Yeah, and stay alive, and then stay everything else. Sorry, I don't want to make it black and white. Stay everything else, y'all are too. But um, that's that. So I'm gonna have to edit this to see how it ends up being. But thank you, Miss Lim, for joining. Of Always course. a pleasure, Gwen. And till next time, peace. Bye. Bye.